This is episode 119 for Tuesday, December 19th, 2017, brought to you from Arlington, Texas. This week, we will be discussing style 17A, Winter Warmer. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Travis, and together with Chris, Powers, and Sawyer, we take on the world of beer one style at a time. Every week, we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast may be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Brew underscore Styles. Drop by our website, BrewStyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. And welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast. I don't care if you listen to other ones. This is your favorite podcast, Brew Styles. Definitely my favorite. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've discussed often how much I love listening to myself. So, yeah, this is definitely my highlight of the week. I can say that I don't listen to many podcasts, but I do listen to this one. Hey. So that counts. I listen to quite a few. I've been getting into... Like a few of the other ones, like uh, Last Podcast on the Left, which has a lot of content to get through, because I'm starting from episode one, and they are about to hit 300 episodes. But, you know, pretty good, like, horror, true crime type podcast. Okay. But it's like, the humor is extremely dark. Like, you know, they definitely checked the explicit box on that podcast, because, yeah, iTunes would have nuked them <laughs> if they hadn't. So, yeah. Gotcha. But... Yeah, and my sports podcast and things like that. But That's this fair. is my favorite. The beer podcast is my favorite. Your favorite beer-related podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Much. Absolutely. Yes, and that is the voice of Powers. So welcome back, Powers. Hey, what's going on? You drank any good beer this week? Uh, Yeah, I've had a couple of good ones. Um, yesterday, I kind of ventured through um, a couple of different things. I tried the Hop Fusion Fur Slipper. Very good choice, yes. That one was awesome. Like, that was how I kind of started off my night. That's their Imperial Milk Stout yes. kind of thing. Sweet yes. Stout. And that one was uh, that one was quite good. Um, I That was kind of kicking off my night. And, uh, you know, I, I was talking to Travis a little bit earlier before we started recording. But, like, um, it, was, it, it was a good night for me. But I have to make a confession. Um, I'm an awful nerd. Uh, I... Up until yesterday, had not watched The Force Awakens, and what? I had to do that. <laughs> Wouldn't that make you not a nerd? Exactly. It, there we go. It, it, it's, well, that's what I said. I said, like, a, I don't even remember what I said now. But you said you were a nerd. No, it like, it, it, it I, I think I, I don't know. But if you hadn't watched it, then you, you're not a nerd. Well, Let's back the tape up. My <laughs> Pretty much what I was saying is it hurts it hurts my nerd credibility and okay there you go yes that's what I thought I said and I feel I felt awful about it for the longest time but I finally got got to that so I decided to drink a few good beers including the first slipper um, I also 
upon recommendation of Chris, decided to pick, uh, pick up the Martin House cookies and cream beers. And those were, uh, those were pretty good. I like those. A fairly new release. Yeah, yeah. I preferred the cookies over the cream when we had it. I did too. However, I did not get to blend them. I did get to blend them, and I actually felt like it made the whole experience better. Hmm. I thought that blending them, like the cream actually brought out a little bit more of like a good sweetness, um, added a little bit of that, a little bit of like nice vanilla sweetness to the cookies, like it was probably meant to do. Um, okay. So like separately, I did like the cookies better, although Anna liked the cream better. Um, uh, uh, so we... We both tried them separately, but she was already fast asleep by the time I got to blending them. So I was the only one who had the blend. And, uh, yeah, like, I just felt like together they did actually bring out, like, the strong parts in both. Um, as far as, you know, the beer separately go, um, Cookies, I felt, was a pretty good stout. It was, you know, it was following up first slipper for me. And so it was it was kind of a tough act to follow. Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> so it, it, it didn't quite shine through as an all star for me by itself by any by any stretch, but certainly enjoyable. Um, got a lot of nice like graham and cho- graham cracker kind of chocolate toasted notes out of it, which was nice. Um, the cream was reminded me a little bit of the funnel cake beer we had a few episodes ago, um, except without the powdered sugar kind of uh, feel from community. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was. It, it it kind of had that same vanilla sweetness to it, without the same without the same powdered sugar notes I almost got from that funnel cake beer. Okay, it was pretty good. I liked it. I like both of them. Um, but yeah. together, I think they just kind of made each other better. So, yeah. those of you that don't know, Martin House released uh, two beers separately. They're both standalone beers. One is called Cookies. One is called Cream, and they are intended to be blended. Mm-hmm. And they've done this before with a few other things. And uh, I, I really like the concept because you can have two, in some cases, very different beers. Yes. Like I've had one before uh, from a different company that one was a Imperial IPA and the other was Imperial Stout. You're meant to blend them two very different things and it actually kind of blends and mixes fairly well. Yeah. So I like that they that they do that. Yeah. Uh, We've actually talked it, about wanting to have a podcast episode about that. Yeah, I think uh, yeah we had a little bit of a discussion about that yesterday. You know, I, I, I like the way that Martin House does it too. They have their four pack. They, you get two of the cookies, two of the cream, so you can very easily have one be- one you know cookies, a cream, and then use the last two cans to blend in, so you can kind of like the that full experience. That's what we did, <laughs> and that was uh, that was very good. But yeah, I think uh, I think a blending episode is in is in the works after that, especially with. The ideas that we had. Um, Agreed. Yes, because uh, I think we're. Do we, do we want to spoil the surprise? Or no. Do, no. All right. No. So. Stay tuned for that one. Look forward to the, <laughs> in the near future, hopefully. And we're also joined today by Chris. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well, thank you. Tell me about your week in beer. Uh, I kegged Rancor, which I'm sipping on right now. It's not fully carbed yet, but yeah, it's good. Um, I like it. How does it compare to? previous iterations or is it fairly similar i'd say it's similar i think i let it dry hop too long some like grassy notes okay um because i got really busy so i dry hop for like oh. 10 days hmm. instead of the three to five that i normally do yeah okay um 
other than that, there's a lot of bitterness and not a whole lot of hot flavor. Hmm. So I don't know if the IBUs um, for the hops that I got this time were higher, which would make sense because last year we were in a, I don't know if it was a hop shortage, but there was the the crop of hops that yeah. year had a, had a lower IBU. And uh, I don't remember if I adjusted it then or not based on what I bought at the store. Usually I'll go in there because I'll have my amounts that I'm brewing with. And I'll, once I buy the hops, I'll look at the IBU on the package and then adjust it in Beersmith and see how much it changes my um, my overall IBUs. And then I can adjust my uh, amounts of hops that I use to make it match what I want it to. Um, but this year, the hops that I got matched what I had in Beersmith. So I don't think I adjusted it last year when I made this. Okay. So it's a little bit more bitter than it was last year, but um, I think it's fine. Once it's fully carved, might kind of round it out a little bit more. Yeah, it'll change so, the character. It's also a little lower alcohol, even though it it hit FG was ten oh eight. I didn't get the original gravity that I was hoping for, so it's a little bit lower. I think it's at like seven point four, seven point eight. Usually, it's mm. in the eights. So definitely a little bit different than it was before, but still very drinkable and not competition worthy. Okay. Um, but tasty yeah. nonetheless. It's pretty good. I still haven't done anything with uh, my coffee porter. It smells a little strange. I'm going to let it sit mm. on the yeast cake a little bit longer and see if mm. maybe something happens. It took three or four days for it to kick off, which is very, very long time for me. Yeah. It's usually like 12 hours because <laughs> huh. I do my starter the night before. And uh, in the beer that I'm pitching it in, mm-hmm. everything's the right temperature. And then I pitch, and I've got a full one-liter starter that I pitch, and I get activity within 12 to 16 hours. But this time it took three or four days, and I was kind of worried about it. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. And you used the, huh. the dry yeast SO4 yep. for that one? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a little strange. I'd expect that from certain strains. But, but not that one. No. Nah, I don't think I've ever had any. Yeah. So, uh, like you know, that. we'll see what happens whenever I transfer it. I still have to put it in secondary, put it on the cracked coffee beans, and then and then keg it. So it's still got a couple of, maybe a week or so before. I'll probably keg it over the break. Okay. All right. Um, I'm still working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Travis yeah, is about not. That. I'm, uh, well, I'm always working. <laughs> yeah. So I'll be working on Christmas. Still. Time and a half. Double pay, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's nice. Way to go, QT. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) I wore the same shirt for like three days in a row over the weekend. That must be nice. (laughs) And I'm not exactly sure when the last time was I showered. That's what that smell is. But yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, Also, Mm -hmm. Chris and I went to the our homebrew club, Cap and Hair, went to their Christmas party. Over the weekend, that I was could, on Saturday night. I can mm-hmm. tell you guys had a great time just by looking at your untapped uh, profiles. Oh, yeah, it's always um, a good way to, <laughs> to knock out a ton of beers you haven't had before. Mm-hmm. Looks like it. Because you just kind of walk around. Once everybody's up and talking and the food's done, and mm-hmm. you just kind of walk around and see a bottle sitting on a table. Oh, I've never had that. Pick it up, pour yourself a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Good time. Nice. Beer scavengers. Yeah. They yeah. call us. The beer scavengers. That is, well, is you that know, it? we we bring a, a healthy collection. 
yeah. to share. Yeah. But we don't have any of the, the super rare, like, high-dollar stuff. Right. That people sometimes will show up to this party with. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there are some surprises, like this can sitting on the table. Right. I've never seen Delirium Tribbins and a Tallboy can before. Or a, sh- a short can. It's always in a one of those bottles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but we saw that one. And nobody opened it, and it was just sitting on the table. And me and Travis and two or three other people were the last ones out of the room because we were hoping to pick up after everybody, like, drunkenly, you know, staggered out of the room. So we were walking right. around picking stuff up, throwing stuff away. And at that point, it's kind of like everything's left over is fair game. Right. If course. they left it on the table and they didn't take it with them, they didn't want it. Yep. <laughs> fair enough. So we walked away with a couple of interesting things. Yeah. Um, and I had... Uh, one of the other ones that was really strange that I was like, that's interesting, was uh, 1050. Right. But it's a barrel-aged 1050. So not only is it a really thick, heavy, high-alcohol beer anyway, yeah, but it's barrel-aged. So, and it it, it, it was in a big can from Yeah, they I call saw. it the stovepipe. Yeah. That might have been my favorite beer of the night. Okay. See, I'm hit and miss on the barrel-aged stuff just because I'm not a huge whiskey person hmm. um or rum rum even less than whiskey i can't stand rum so if you hand me a, a like some kind of rum aged something beer then i'm probably not gonna like it except for the rumpkin that one had so much going on i couldn't really taste the rum okay yeah <laughs> um that was hidden very well it was it was <laughs> i like 1050 the way it is okay I think it's better than the barrel-aged one, but that's just my opinion. Because when I drink mm. a stout, I like the, the dark, rich, chocolatey, coffee, roasted notes. Yeah. And for me, sometimes too much barrel character can just ruin it. Okay. Hmm. But to each his own. Yeah. I'll, I've never actually had 1050, so oh. sounds like I've got to try it. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> this is the beer that uh, Frado shotgunned in his kitchen and had to repaint his ceiling because of it. Oh, what, you just <laughs> shot straight up? Or? Yeah, it... it the, <laughs> oh, ah, the can exploded in his kitchen, and he, it sprayed everywhere while he was trying to shotgun it. Oh. And okay. it stained the kitchen, so he had to repaint. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get it off the ceiling, so... That's potent. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. All right. Yeah, and there was a, de- a decent selection of homebrew there as well. Mm-hmm. They had the club tap tower system set up, which has 10 taps. I think there's five or six of them that uh, had things, and then several people brought bottles. So it wasn't just all commercial beer. We did get to enjoy some homebrew as well. That's good. And we hung out with a friend of ours that we interviewed at Blue Bonnet. <laughs> he stopped by to, to say hello. <laughs> yes, we can say his first name, but not his last name because he got real upset about oh, that. Yeah, well. oh. Like, I can't believe you put my my whole name in, well, in the you podcast. Said it. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you said it. <laughs> we didn't ask you. No. But, yeah, we need to have him. Uh, we need to have Tony on an episode. All right. He'd be fun to drink with. Sounds like y'all had a great time. Oh, yeah. It was good. Well, uh, definitely want to say thank you to our listeners. Thank and, you And um, if you enjoy it, then feel free to hit the subscribe button. We just updated the website, so... Everything on there is current as of right now. And then uh, you can troll back through some of our old episodes. We've got, this is episode 119, so there's lots of other things for you to choose from. And uh, that's a quick way to go through and 
and find things that you want to listen to. So we have our episodes listed by uh, number index, also listed by BJCP category. Also have a listing of the featured beers we've had. So if there's one particular beer you're interested in and you want to know what our thoughts were on it, you can click on that. So uh, lots of good things there if you haven't checked out our website in a while, brewstyles.com. And uh, well, we haven't gotten emails yet because the episode <laughs> we did last week is going live today. Um, but by the time you hear this, then maybe you'll know what we're talking about. But uh, we put out a call last week for people that were interested in being a part of our podcast, uh, albeit in a distant fashion, to send us beers if you um, if you would like to do so, and uh, we would basically feature you and your beers on its very own episode and uh we'd love to really kind of get a a different taste of different parts of the nation or the world if if you're so inclined but uh yeah if uh if you're interested then you can check out the info on last week's episode we might put something up on the website too about that Mm -hmm. actually i think that'd be a good idea so we'll get that done and then you can send an email to chris at brewstyles.com and we'll get that dialogue started. So there's that. We're basically just asking you all for free beer, but you know. <laughs> I'm supposed to word it in a... But we'd love to talk with you about yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so we're paying for it with our, with our obviously precious and valuable time. There you go. Our time and attention and <laughs> podcast space. Oh, yes. It's going to be a good time. Yes, but we still have uh, lots of other ideas that we're going through, including our episode today which is focused on winter warmer. Yes. Which, um, well, Chris is going to talk about the the style guidelines. It's kind of a sub-style, right? Yeah, so 17A is British Strong Ale, and the winter warmer fits into that category, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everything that's in this category is a winter warmer. Correct. So, anyway, 17A. Overall impression, an ale of respectable alcoholic strength, traditionally bottle conditioned and cellared. It can have a wide range of interpretations, but most will have varying degrees of multi richness, late hops, and bitterness. Frusty. Fruits. Frusty. It's like trusty. Fruity esters. There we go. And alcohol warmth. Or just frusty. Trusty. I remember that. Judges should allow for a significant range in character. It's not very often that the guidelines address the judges specifically, so that should be noted. Hmm. Judges should allow for a significant range in character. As long as the beer is within the alcohol strength range and has an interesting British character, it likely fits the style. The malt and adjunct flavors and intensity can vary widely, but any combination should result in an agreeable palate experience. That's Aroma. part of the, the key phrase right there at the yeah. end. Right. Agreeable. So mm. we have a respectable alcoholic strength <laughs> and an agreeable palate experience. All right. Aroma. Malty sweet with fruity esters or fresters. <laughs> fresters. <laughs> Frusty. Every time that comes up, I'm going to say it a different way just to be... <laughs> Try to cover my... Yeah, I did that on purpose. It oh, was deliberate. It totally was. Often with a complex blend of dried fruit caramel nuts toffee and or other specialty malt aromas some alcohol notes are acceptable but shouldn't be hot or solventy that goes back to that agreeable palate experience 
Hop aromas can vary widely, but typically have earthy, resiny, fruity, and or floral notes. The balance can vary widely, but most examples will have a blend of malt, fruit, hops, and alcohol in varying intensities. I'm seeing the exact same thing being said over and over again in different ways. Malt, fruit, hops, and alcohol. Sounds about right. Appearance. Deep gold to dark reddish brown color. Many are fairly dark. Generally clear, although darker versions may be almost opaque. Moderate to low cream to light tan colored head. Average retention. Flavor. Medium to high malt character. Often rich with nutty, toffee, or caramel flavors. Light chocolate notes are sometimes found in darker beers. May have interesting flavor complexity with bre- uh, from brewing sugars. Balance is often malty, but may what... I cannot read today, apparently. (laughs) Balance is often malty, but may well be well hopped. That's not right either. Balance is often malty, but may be well hopped. Run the struggle press. Yes. (laughs) Which affects the impression of maltiness. Moderate fruity esters are common, often with a dark fruit or dried fruit character. The finish may vary from medium dry to somewhat sweet. Alcoholic strength should be evident, though not overwhelming, diacetyl low to none, and is generally not desirable. So again, same theme here. Malt, fruit, hops, and alcohol. Mouthfeel, medium to full, chewy body. Alcohol warmth is often evident and always welcome. Low to moderate carbonation, smooth texture. So we're allowed to have alcohol warmth, but just as long as it doesn't go over the top. (coughs) Yes, solventy. Yeah. Comets, as an entry category, more than a style, the strength and character of examples can vary widely. Fits in the style space between normal gravity beers, strong bitters, brown ales, English porters, and barley wines. Can include pale, malty, hoppy beers, English winter warmers, strong dark milds. Wow. Strong dark milds. (laughs) Dark milds. That was a good one. (laughs) Goodness. Strong dark milds. Sounded like Jean-Luc Picard almost. (laughs) Well, it did say English, so my brain just switched. Okay. There we go. Smaller Burton Ales and other other unique beers in the general gravity range that don't fit other categories. Traditionally, a bottle-conditioned product suitable for cellaring. So there you go. Here's uh, vital statistics, as Sawyer would say. OG 1055 to 1080, which is fairly high. 1080 is fairly high. IBUs 30 to 60, which is in the medium range. FG 1015 to 1022. Final gravity of 1022. That's that's pretty full-bodied right there. Mm-hmm. SRM 8 to 22. ABV 5.5 to 8%. You would think it would be a little bit higher than that, but it's not. Hmm. We do have one of the examples. Yes, we do. Hmm. So it'll be interesting. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Um, a little bit of history on this style, or at least for British strong ale, not necessarily for winter warmer. The heritage varies since this category generally reflects a grouping of unrelated minor styles with limited production. Some are historical recreations while others are modern. Some directly descend from older styles such as Burton ales, while others maintain a historical connection with older beers. As a grouping, the notion is relatively modern since beers of this strength category would not have been abnormal in past centuries. Do not use this category grouping to infer historical relationships between examples. This is almost a modern British specialty category where the special attribute is alcohol level. Okay. So it's not a historic style. All right. 
No, sounds like it was just a category that they invented to feature other styles that don't fit other anywhere else. Was there a winter warmer category in the old guidelines? For some reason, I want to think that there was. No, I don't think. I think it was labeled English strong ale instead of British strong ale. British? Or it's just strong ale. So it just, it, it was just, it wasn't even British at that point. Old ale. That's what it was. Well, old ale something. Uh, but I, I thought for sure that old ale was where they grouped the winter warmers. Yeah, I feel like because some winter warmers can be old ales. Because similar? under strong ale, you had old ale, English barley wine, American barley wine. Okay. So the winter warmers were grouped under the old ale because they are not a barley wine. No, they're not. Uh, they're also not Christmas beers either, which no. is a, a totally separate category. So all the ones that we have today, um, while they may have some level of spice, it won't be to the level of a uh, of the winter spice ale. Right, yeah. Which is a separate category now in BJCP. Um. Yeah, it hmm. it it'll be interesting to see what or how these beers relate to each other, because I feel like, um, and Chris mentioned earlier that he doesn't think that all of the ones we have, even though it says winter warmer on the label, might not be a true representation, because uh, you know, possibly not. People will will take a style and then change it and run with it, make it their own. Yeah. Uh, I mean, whenever I think winter warmer, I think of the RAR. Just because that was the first one that I had, sure. and I think was the first one that was widely dist- well in this area anyway. It was the first one that everybody thought, "Oh, that's a winter warmer," mm-hmm. and you know, then they had the barrel aged winter warmer, and they kind of went nuts with it. But it that's a fantastic <laughs> beer, and whenever I think winter warmer, that's the one I think of. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure last time we did this episode, we had the RAR, and so I didn't pick that one up because I was trying to get different beers. But yeah. If you haven't had that one, that's a, a fantastic one, and you need to try it now. Well, believe it or not, we have <laughs> we have never featured this uh, category. As I thought we did because we, we did an old ale. We I have, thought we have done. Uh, oh, sworn, we have man. done two Christmas beer episodes. Are you sure? I well, I know we we featured the uh, the bourbon barrel aged on the bourbon barrel. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Age um, episode. But according to my according to my records, we have never featured raw winter warmer on this podcast. Yeah, I'm showing not the barrel aged one. We yeah. have done the barrel aged. I know what I mean. Like, yeah, we, yeah, we have not done the regular. Huh. Until tonight. Uh oh. See that? That completely <laughs> boggles my mind. Did you pick up the regular one? I did. Okay. Because I, I avoided that one on purpose because I was like, surely we've done that one. Well, you know, I avoided it because I just figured one of you guys was going to pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that, that was part of my my reason for updating our uh, featured beers list on the website. Yes. Because I couldn't remember at this point what we've had and what we haven't because we've done 119 episodes. So I went through and yes, sure enough, Winter Warmer is missing hmm. from all the raw beers we've done, which is extensive. There are yeah. quite a few on this list, yes. I'm looking down it. It's, uh, well, I got to get down, back down to it. Yeah, that's, uh, ooh, one, two, three, four, eight, 
Nine, number nine, two times. Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen raw beers. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah. So we're going to... We are going to feature that one tonight. And uh, we've got lots of other examples, too. But uh, before we do that, Sawyer is not here today. Oh, sad day. Yep. And uh, we are going to get to... We are going to carry on his tradition of, well, drinking a lot of beer, but also... His his new segment entitled "Brews in the News." And who's going to be doing that, Travis? That falls to <laughs> you, my friend. This will be oh. featuring Powers. Oh, wait are are we sure we want me to do this? Like, doesn't Sawyer normally prepare for this segment? Yeah, um, I oh think boy. so. Well, crack into Google Chrome, I guess, and just type in beer. So uh, I googled it. <laughs> Oh, and we're also going to crack open our free beer that we got. Yeah, the, the delirium tremens. It was elected best beer in the world, huh? <laughs> Brews in the news, then. All right. Well, let me get. Uh, let's get started off with a little bit of good news for all of us. All right. There you go. You yeah. have a little bit of a welcome. All right. A little bit of good news for all of us. Um, so. We all know how drinking can occasionally, if you go a little bit heavy on it, uh, affect your memory of the night before, correct? Yes. Yes. Indeed. Well, the good news about all this is it's it may not actually affect your long-term memory as much as people who don't drink. Um, there's a new study out there that uh, people who drink a moderate... Uh, moderate to heavy amount of alcohol every day and that's uh between two or three beers a day or so two or three drinks a day okay um are actually less likely to develop dementia by the age of 85 than people who don't drink interesting yeah right this kind of blew my mind this came out um very recently the study was conducted over a period of 29 years at the university of california at san diego all right so, uh, apparently, we are more likely. You're more likely to reach the age of 85 without developing dementia. Um, this uh, study was published in the August issue of the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease, and is the first of its kind, according to lead author Dr. Linda McAvoy. Uh, the study is unique because we considered men and women's cognitive health at late age, and found that alcohol consumption is not only associated with reduced mortality but with greater chances of remaining cognitively healthy into older age. wonder what the rationale is there, or what causes that. I, I mean, I, I doubt that they have any, um, any ability to identify the causation at this stage. Well, just least. like how a glass of wine every day is good for your heart. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, well, this is what the results are. I know it doesn't make much sense, but it's there. Yeah, because um, I learned about... About beer drinking from The Simpsons growing up, and mm-hmm. you know about how every time Homer would drink a beer, he would lose brain cells. Yeah, and well, I mean, let's be so careful. I assume that's true. Let, let's be careful with this because okay. it does say um, moderate and heavy amounts of drinking. Okay, excessive amounts of drinking, not okay. Ah, there's the kicker. Exactly. So if you're, <laughs> so if you're sitting getting shammered every night for you know. 
for 40 years, you're probably actually, you're, you're actually more likely to develop alcohol-induced dementia. So Well, and they're kind of ignoring anything that has to do with the liver. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, you could just die, but, you know, at least you'll be cognitively healthy. Yeah, at least you'll know you're you'll dying. You'll know why you're dying. Exactly, right? It's, I mean, that's good. Um, <laughs> for the study, researchers tracked data from 1,334 elderly adults residing in a specific region of San Diego County, Rancho Bernardo, which... My Ran- Rancho Bernardo. Yeah, that sounds like a fake name. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's actually just north of San Diego. Uh, or, yeah, it's a it's a suburb of San Diego. I you know I've I've driven through there a couple of times. Um, kind of that upper middle class white collar type of neighborhood um, out there. So I will also maybe infer that maybe the lifestyle of the people in that particular part of town. Maybe they have more access to certain like health care would possibly be. Well, then again, if they're comparing within the same group, then they all have the same access to health care. So uh, and the and the non-drinkers are developing dementia. So I don't know. It, it, but either way, you do know that just adding an O to the end of the word isn't actually speaking Spanish, right? I do know that. OK. What? Rancho <laughs> Bernardo. Oh, well, OK. Whatever. Biro. You guys. <laughs> weirdo this text living in texas for 10 years has affected my uh has affected my you know spanish accent not, not the al- not the alcohol though no not at all not yet at least um actually i think my spanish accent gets better when i drink alcohol or at least you think it does maybe we'll see maybe it's just more <laughs> as i drink this beer okay okay travis sorry oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, drops for days here all right <clears throat> Pour yourself a beer as you talk. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to also kind of read. But um, so here we go. However, it is not a recommendation for everyone to drink. Some people have health problems that are made worse by alcohol, and others cannot limit their drinking to only a glass or two per day. Basically, some of you guys are alcoholic jerks. Um, for those people, drinking can have negative negative consequences. So it's an interesting, uh, interesting correlation they found in that study, I'd say. So... A little bit of good news for those who drink. Maybe you won't develop dementia. Maybe. <laughs> you should look to see the brewery was on this uh, Delirium Tremens, by the way. Uh, it's huge. Huge, 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 huge. Family brewery. Huyge? Huge. Huge? It was huge. Family brewery, huge. Okay. Huh. That's how I'd pronounce it, but <laughs> Do we have an actual pronunciation on that? No. All right. Um, On to the next thing. Uh, Local Texas breweries have been dealt an actual little bit of a blow by the Texas courts this this past week. Let me pull up that one. Um, So, um, effectively, there was a reversal of a decision... Um, that was made earlier in the year uh, that gave them monetary compensation for distribution rights. So Yes, I heard about this. Yes, so pretty much um, earlier in the year, um, brewery, a uh, couple of breweries, I forget who, I'm sure I'll read it here soon. So I'll just, I'll just read the article real quick. Um, so a reversal of a judge's decision that gave breweries monetary compensation for distribution rights was announced Friday, meaning they reversed the decision that gave them the rights. 
So this is in, in, a, in the first level of appeals court. Uh, leading a group of the brewers involved in the initial case to declare their at- intent to appeal the decision to the Texas Supreme Court. So this is going to state Supreme Court at this point. Um, last year, Austin-based Live Oak Brewing and Dallas-Fort Worth area Petticolis Brewing and Revolver Brewing successfully sued the state to regain valuable capital they said they can get from selling their distribution rights, which they were able to do prior to a 2013 law. That law was part of a landmark bundle of legislation that was otherwise a boon for breweries in the state, but Senate Bill 639 required them to give their distribution rights to distributors, rather than sell them, and, and the brewers sued. Last August, State District Judge Karen Crump declared the law to be unconstitutional. Her decision was consequently reversed Friday by the Texas Third Court of Appeals. Um, so, uh, at this point, uh, at this point, based on the decision by the appeals court, um, basically all Texas breweries have to just give their distribution rights away for free if they're going to sign a distribution deal, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that is a pretty big loss of money, I'd imagine. I'm not sure um, how how much it affects. I'm sure those distribution deals can be pretty pretty good capital for especially the smaller breweries, right? Yeah, because that's, uh, for those of you who live outside of Texas, we have a three-tier system, and each one is supposed to be separate from each other, but that doesn't always happen. So you have the producers, the beer makers and brewers, the distributors, and then the... Uh, retailers? Yeah, the retailers, that's the word. Yeah. And so... It was created during Prohibition to uh, try to limit any kind of uh, any kind of evil beer takeover or right. whatever. And so those are those laws are still in the books. And recently, a lot of uh, craft beer breweries and uh, groups have tried to kind of overtake those and change the laws because they feel that it's not it's not equitable. Especially if you look to see how Texas treats wineries and distilleries. Hmm. Are distillers that the the treatment isn't equal. Wineries can do things that craft beer brewers can't do, and so they're just trying to aim for equality. However, on the other side, you've got the enormously deep pockets of big beer. Oh yeah, which is fighting to keep those in place because yeah, they are um, they are creators, so they also make beer. They also own a lot of the distribution companies. Yes. So even though it's supposed to be separate, they've got their hand in uh, multiple parts of that. And even the retailers, which this is technically illegal, but I know I've heard stories of it happening where, you know, like a big company will pay a bar and give them incentives and rewards for, you know, keeping their tap, their beers on their tap space. Um, so it's not equal on that level as well. Yeah. So yeah, this, uh, I know this lawsuit's been going on for a while since uh, 2013 because as soon as it happened, they filed it. Yeah. Um, so I, I really hope that it comes back around for them. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, especially when you put it in uh, in context with uh, with the whole distilleries and wineries getting kind of preferential treatment in that regard. It just seems like. Hey, it's all alcohol. Like, why? Why, why isn't you know? Why is this alcohol different than the other alcohol? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, 
well, I mean, we know why it's different because it tastes different and it's, you know, different strength, but it's, it's also like, well, you know, it, it just feels like, you know, you, I talked to my family in California when I was out there and, you know, we tell them things like, Hey, you can only buy beer or sorry, liquor until nine o'clock PM Monday through Saturday and you can't get it on Sunday. <laughs> and they're like, you guys are, you know, ins- you guys are in an insane Bible thumping state <laughs> and things like that. But um, because they have much, you know, more relaxed laws out there. But, you know, that's that's the thing that just kind of comes over time is, as uh, you know, cities grow and things like that. By the way, I want to make sure I mention that I got this article off of Austin360.com. Because okay. I, I want to make sure I credit the sites that I got these <laughs> this information sure, from. Yeah. Just in case one of them decides to listen in and be, be like, we wrote that. <laughs> the first one came from AsiaKO.com. All right. One more. Two more, two more, because I found a couple that are actually interesting. Um, so this one comes from Eater.com. Um, Taco Bell, notorious fake Mexican food chain, right? Notorious post-podcast choice for me. Hey, you know what? It's uh, it, it's it's decent. It's decent fake Mexican food, right? Same thing will probably happen tonight. <laughs> well, um. They are going to be unleashing their own Mexican-style beer. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Right? This is different. Exactly. So, um, Taco Bell's latest product launch represent launch represents new territory for the Kit Kat quesadilla slinging. Wait, I need, I'll have to click through that link later on after the podcast. Um, Kit Kat quesadilla slinging fast food chain. It just debuted its very own beer called Beach Bell, uh, the Orange County Register reports that it's a Mexican-style amber lager that was created in conjunction with uh, Huntington with Huntington Beach, California-based craft brewer Four Sons Brewery. Sadly for Taco Bell diehards, uh, the new beer is only available at the newly opened Taco Bell Cantina in, New York, in Newport Beach, but with more booze-slinging cantina locations on the way, Perhaps the chain will collaborate with craft brewers in additional cities in the future. Taco Bell began serving alcohol in 2015 when its first cantina store opened in Chicago. So this is a place where you you can actually get like you know pre-mixed frozen margaritas, a couple of beers, and things like that. So Taco Bell are actually teaming up with a local craft brewery in that town to actually get a beer. Guy. Sounds beer to me guy. like they're trying to compete with Taco Cabana. Well. Yeah, I mean, Cabana it, does the margaritas and beer and all that kind of stuff too. That might be true locally, but Taco Cabana is not a thing in Southern California. Um, there aren't that all many. All the more reason to open up one over there. But then no again, competition. <laughs> well, then again, you have all the good Mexican food in Southern California, but Ooh. that's just me. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Boo. So, yeah, what do you guys what do you guys think? What do you guys think that Taco Bell would consider? A uh, like it, you know, a Mexican amber lager. I find it interesting they chose amber, yeah, instead of the pale lager. Hmm. Not like not something like Corona or Dos Equis. Yeah. Hmm. What does that mean? Like you, you said Dos Equis. So let's go with that one. You have the especial, which is the light one, and then you have the amber, which is the dark one. You do. Yes. Which one do you see ninety percent of the time? You see, you see the uh, especial. Yeah, the light one. Yeah. Mm Because that's the one, you know, it's the more approachable one, you know, that's the, the one with less flavor that people can 
can drink easier and they see the amber one, oh, that's a dark beer. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily true, but that's the misnomer that goes along with dark beer. Yeah. So just dark beer, easy drinking and stuff. So maybe Taco Bell is kind of thinking some thinking somewhat outside the box by making their own beer. Well, they, you know, these cantina locations probably have those lighter beers already. Like the yeah. Dos Equis Especial. Like if, if they're already That's selling beer, thinking. they've probably already got the Corona Extra. They've probably already got the Dos Equis Especial. Like those are probably like two of their main beers at those locations. So I'm guessing they might have wanted something a little bit different that they could tie to the community a little bit more. Possibly. Yeah, it's probably the the right line of thinking because if they have, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out what their target audience would be because most people would just get drive through and then take it home. But these are going to be people that are going to dine in. Yeah. And if you are a, a hardcore Corona or Dos Equis lover, mm-hmm. you'd, I don't know. You probably wouldn't even reach for it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we'll start seeing Taco Bell beer out here. Maybe one of these days. Well, you know, a while back Walmart made their own beer. Did they? Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Huh. I don't know how long that lasted. Yeah. Yeah, Wal- Walgreens had their own one. I think it was like Big Flats or whatever. Mm. Hmm. See, I can't even remember. Yeah, I think I think that the only like commercial chain that's been able to like support its own brewing operation would probably be Trader Joe's. Um, okay. I'd say that's probably that's probably the only like chain owned line that I've seen be consistently available. I don't see any grocery stores having yeah, their own. Yeah, and Aldi has quote unquote off brand beer, but right. all their stuff is imported from okay. Germany. So I, I don't know what that's supposed to mean for their yeah stuff. <laughs> I've never bought any of their beer, but I always see it there. Huh. Um, interesting. Know, it could be an interesting. Could be an interesting episode. Yeah, we should do like you know Aldi beer, off brand beer, off brand beers. See if we can uh, get the Walgreens out. beer, the Aldi beer, the Trader Joe's beer. See if we can find the Walmart beer. Yeah, that would be interesting, huh? Right. Or get one of those and then the real, thing. the real one that is supposed to be modeled after. Huh? Do a comparison. Okay, that could be interesting. We're coming up with content. <laughs> yes, live, live brainstorming right here. All right, let's get through this last story. One, this one should be pretty quick. All I'm right. not, I'm not looking to discuss this too much because I think it, it uh, speaks for itself. But from BeerStreetJournal.com, Stone looks, to, Stone looks to make a strong political statement with I'm Peach, double IPA. Ooh. Hmm. Yes. So I'm just going to read the press release from Stone without comment. How is it spelled? I'm... W- with spaces, right? Uh, yes. I so. apostrophe M space P-E-A-C-H. Okay. Okay? So I'm just going to read the press release from Stone without comment. It's just an interesting concept that they're tackling and... It's interesting that they're entering the political space. I'm not I really think. sure I get the reference. Well, let's let, let 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 me read the press release. It's what a lot of us are thinking. We want to shout "I'm Peach" from the rooftops, yet we're afraid of the political alienation from select peach-hating members of our friends and family. <laughs> we want to call to Fro and 
We want to call Fro and I'm Peach. Oh, I get it. But we're afraid that we'll look soft. Peach soft. Like some freedom-hating sissy, right? Nope. Not in our world. We know peaches are for the righteous. We've seen the light of their sweet, juicy glory and how they pair excellently with the stand-up character of an American IPA. <clears throat> it's not just right for you. It's right for the country. You're, pr- you're proud of our beautiful nation. You support good taste. Have an I'm Peach party. And we'll unite hops, peaches, and each other. Yes. So, presented without comment, it's pretty clear what Stone is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... They it are took me a minute to think about how it was spelled. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, um, yeah, because when he is, first said, it, I was like, "That sounds like a German." It's like I'm I'm peach. Yeah, well, no, I'm, that's why I wanted I the spelling. Kept, I was focused on the peaches, like okay, peach IPA. What's so like, yeah, ground shattering about that? But I wasn't thinking about how it was spelled. Yes, okay. exactly. I, I get it now. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so a brewery is officially thrown down in the political space and said, um, and. Uh, has basically said we should impeach our president, but not in so many words. So, inter- mm. interesting space for a beer for a brewery to be in, especially considering, you know, Republicans drink beer too. You know, sure, <laughs> it's it's interesting. See, but- I've always been of the thought process of if if you're in the public, like a brewery or celebrities, uh-huh. you have to be really careful about what you say, how you say it, and who you say it to. Yes. Because it's really easy to alienate one group or the other. Like, yep. it doesn't have to be, you know, anything specific, but it's it's impossible to make everybody happy, so you got to be really careful. Yes. And, you know, if you're a massive brewer like this, maybe you're not really concerned about losing business. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, they're also probably, you got to be real careful about not shooting yourself in the foot. They're also probably less afraid because they're California-based, very blue state. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's true. But yes. at the same time, they do distribute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It so. is true. So, yeah, that's a that's an interesting that's an interesting little foray that Stone has made. And I just figured it was um, mm-hmm. meriting uh, noting on the podcast. But anyway, that has been, ladies and gentlemen, brews in the news. I hope I have filled in nicely for Mr. Sire. Today. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. We gotta start drinking beer. Well, more beer. <laughs> yes. Let's get to our commercial example. All right. Right then. So, um, our first our first example, which is actually a commercial example of the British strong ale style, um, is Samuel Smith's Winter Welcome Ale, brewed at Yorkshire's oldest brewery. Blessing of your heart, you brew good ale, William Shakespeare. Uh, a lot of different things said on this bottle. So um, this is their version of the Winter Warmer. It's the 2017-2018 version. Um, let's see. So brewed in Tadcaster, England. Um, Merch- Merchant Duvin Corp in Seattle, Washington, I guess, is the importer. So uh, the little... This one rings in at 6.0% alcohol by volume. I like their guitars. The guitars? The, yeah, the Tadcaster guitars. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've never... Oh, wait, that's Strat, Stratcaster. Okay. The, okay. I was just like, I've never heard of that. There's a reason why it doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, we've got a blurb on the back. It's uh, 
This seasonal beer is a limited edition, brewed for the short days and long nights of winter. The full body resulting from fermentation in stone York- Yorkshire squares and the luxurious malt character, which will appeal to a broad wa- range, range, range of drinkers, is balanced against whole-dried fuggle and golding hops with nuances and complexities that should be contemplated before an open fire. They even have pictures of horses. So, yeah. La 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 la. Mm-hmm. Lots of giggles in this beer. Lots mm-hmm. of giggles. The label is quite festive looking. Much more festive than the, uh, the tatty. <laughs> How festive are these beers? Oh, my God. I mean, do they like to party? Or do they like to hang out? I'm going to go ahead and say that this as one... As soon as you said festive, I knew exactly what was about to happen. <laughs> Golly. So many drops. Well, it is very, very colorful, very, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's got a lot of ribbon and stuff on the label, but there's also like a snow globe on it. So that's neat. But I think we should just start by looking at the beer and talking about it. So what do we think? The first taste is with your eyes. Pretty clear. Yeah. Very clear. Nice color. It's like a orange. Yeah. Yellow blend. Yeah, kind of as as the glass thins, it becomes more yellow, and it, and as it's more thick, you know, there's orange, white bubbles. Yeah, decent retention, especially around the edge, a little bit in the middle, but yeah, definitely an English malt yeah. character, very bready, toasty. Yep, crackery. I'm getting some fruity esters in the aroma, a little bit, kind of. Not really dark fruit though. It's lighter fruit, kind of almost citrusy, but not like berries so or something. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say like a fig. Okay, okay, I would agree with that. Yeah, I can, I can get that. Yeah, the fig Newtons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was a fig and English fruit. I imagine it would be. I would say probably figgy pudding is an English. That is an English thing. Yes. No, bring us a <laughs> I knew that. I knew that was coming. Hmm. I'm not really getting any alcohol in the aroma, um, and maybe a slight warming in the mouthfeel, but I'm, I really have to search for it. Flavor has some of the same elements. It's like the 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 crackery, bready flavor from the malt. Yeah. Uh, Tad bit of sweetness. I was going to say that that fig fruit character comes out very strongly in the flavor. Yes, it does. Now, not to not to say that this is a fruit beer by any means. No. It has a very strong malt backbone, but the fruit character is definitely present. Yes. Yeah. No real hot flavor, but it's got a decent bitterness. Which is strange because it, it's drying, but it's not thin. No. No, it's yeah. It's um medium body at the least. Yeah. But yes. it's definitely got some drying notes on the finish. Yeah. Hmm. Which it's, you know, you don't see thick full medium full bodied beers with a drying mouthfeel very often. Right. They're usually on the sweeter side because how you get the fuller body is residual unfermented sugars. Yes. Yeah. So that, you know, that, that wouldn't necessarily be something that you would, you, you know, you would expect. Yeah. And this is not overly sweet. 
for yeah for an un, for a not sweet beer yeah because this is yeah I agree but it's probably so it's probably the um, the hops to make it drying mm-hmm. because the English hops you're not it's not going to be citrusy and bright like you would get in an American hop especially since you mentioned Fuggles and EKG mm-hmm. those are both going to be like dirty earthy woody type hops which would blend well with the fruit and the malt so effectively this is kind of a nice reasonable balance between all those flavors oh, for and, sure yeah you know almost almost like a, a harmonious marriage almost yeah and it doesn't have the spice character that you would expect from a quote-unquote winter which yeah. is why that's a separate christmas beer Ooh. yeah so you're not going to get those notes in a winter warmer every okay. now and then i get a hint of something like that but it's Maybe like nutmeg. Yeah. But nothing yeah. like cinnamon or <clears throat> allspice. None of those really bright spices by any stretch. It's, it's yeah. more of like a... It's going to complement the fruit. Yes, exactly. What was the ABV on this one? I think it's six even. Six, yes. Okay, so it's not it's not high. No. I bet the final gravity is lower than 1022, though. Because it doesn't, it doesn't come across as that sweet. Well, 1022 was the high range. I feel like that was the low range for final gravity. It was like ten eighteen, I thought. Yeah, ten fifteen to ten twenty two. Okay. So probably still within range. Yeah. This is one of the commercial examples. Yep. Yes, it is. So it's probably yeah. gonna match in pretty pretty well to all those uh to all those guidelines. Including the commer- the commercial examples. <laughs> So for BJCP rating scoring, yeah, this easy. would be high. Yes, very 40, much so. 45. Yep, 45. Because mm-hmm. it hits those check boxes, it's definitely... Uh, man, what was the phrasing they used? Uh, Fruit, this. malt, hops, and alcohol. <laughs> Agreeable palate experience. That was one of them. Uh, the other one was... Respectable alcoholic strength. <laughs> yeah. So, so, like, all I mean, all these. It's kind. It's kind of a catch-all for like an. Yeah. I have stronger beer. Stronger beer with British. But this would be. Character. This is a, a great litmus to base our other. Um, yes. Examples that we have because this is obviously a world-class example of mm-hmm. not just winter warmer, <laughs> mm-hmm. but. British strong ale because yes. they made it a point to mention in the guidelines that British strong ale is not just winter warmers, but this winter warmer made the commercial example list. Yes. For sure. So it's a it's a world class example of both of these styles. I guess the style and the substyle. Yeah, not every or every winter warmer is a British strong ale, but not every if British labeled strong correctly. Ale. That's true. There's a winter warmer. So, all right. So, yeah, my so, palatability rating. <laughs> this one's going to be tough because as it sits in the glass and warms, I do pick up a little bit of warmth. Even at 6%, there's a touch of it. I could probably be talked into like a 6.5 here. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Because on the other side of things, all the flavors are so well blended and it's well rounded. Yeah, it's it, it. Nothing's too strong to prevent me from like seriously pounding this beer, other than like the slight warming characteristic. 
So it's definitely not the most easily drink. It's definitely not the most easily drinkable, but it's definitely got, um, you know, it's, it's not going to sit too heavy. It's not going to sit, you know, like it's, it's not going to, you know, bog you down too much. So I'd say it's pretty, uh, Pretty okay. Pretty okay. <laughs> yeah, from a six to a seven, somewhere in there. Yeah, and I would say that every example that we're going to drink today, we're not going to be able to say that about. I am going to go. Just, yes. I'm just going to throw that in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what everybody got. I have a pretty good idea, but mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think we're going to be able to say that about every example. We'll see. And I will say, this style, just drinking this one, for me, is going to be much more poundable than any of the spiced beers like the autumn seasonal or the the winter seasonal because those have lots of spices in them and -hmm. i think this style is kind of a happy medium just based on drinking this one expect that to be a happy medium between the two yeah it's a good beer um samuel smith just seems to yeah everything, everything they make is good yeah exactly yeah i like that Yahoo! <laughs> All right, that was a happy medium. Yeah. Yes. What's next? Well, I'm glad I asked. I'm glad you asked. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to do my beer next, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so uh, we have the Odell Isolation Ale. Um, we get a, a good number of Odell things down here. Um, we do. And I've I've always kind of liked their beers. The Drumroll APA is good. Um, the 90 Shilling is kind of a, 90 shilling. a go-to. So they've got some really good beers that that make it down here. I was a little upset that I wasn't going to be able to make it up to that brewery when I was in Colorado. We didn't get all the way up to Fort Collins, Mm -hmm. which is on the north side. Um, Anyway, so this is their winter warmer. There's a little blurb here on the label. A funny thing happens here around summer's end. Our eyes start searching the skies for those first fall flakes. We don't really experience that here in texas but come on wait for that wait for that ice to hit the ground dandruff maybe (laughs) as we welcome autumn's first snow that's funny we celebrate the return of isolation ale a sweet caramel malty ale that is balanced by a subtle crisp hop finish whether you ski shred or shoe isolation ale will inspire you to make first tracks Mm -hmm. there we go i'm gonna shred this beer yeah 6.1 percent ABV. Mm. So we went up by a tenth. And this is labeled as one of their seasonals. So there you go. Right. Odell, Fort Collins, Colorado. Wine Amber, a deep cupper. That seems to be about right. Yeah, I'd say more of a deep cupper. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Very More clear. reddish than the last one. Yeah, the appearance is a little bit darker. Last one was definitely orange. I'd yeah, say this is, this is this red, is red. orange, <laughs> uh, creamy off-white head. Certainly very clear. Speaking of ninety shilling, that's about what this smells like to me. Yeah, I've only had ninety shilling once, but I can definitely remember it in this beer. Malty, <laughs> malty caramel with a hint of hop. I'm not getting much fruit out of it, but it smells a lot like the ninety shilling. Yeah, has that that caramel note to it. Um, sweet on the aroma, but uh, not overly so. Not getting any fruit, like you said. No real hop character. Ooh. 
but maybe a soft hint of perfumey notes, like some floral notes in the aroma. Potpourri. Maybe a bit of that. A little bit of grandma's bathroom. This reminds me of like grandma's bathroom, but not that much. (laughs) Not that much. Decorative soap, not so much, but potpourri. I can, yeah, I can see a little bit of that. I can even catch that a little bit moving swiftly on to the flavor. Um, I get a little bit, but not the potpourri, a little bit, like not as much as, uh, not as much as on the aroma, but you know, just mentioning the potpourri, it just kind of like unlocked that like thought in my mind, I guess. I was gonna say the malt character in this one is much stronger than the Samson. Oh, no, it is, it is. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I agree. And it's more bitter. It did claim a hot finish. <clears throat> yeah. So malt character stronger, but it's a a different flavor. Because like the uh, the same old Smiths had a a real crackery biscuity, mm-hmm. and it was d- decidedly English. This one, the malt character isn't quite as over the top English. I mean, they probably mixed in some. So caramel, a lot of and, lot of caramel notes. I was mm-hmm. gonna say a lot of caramel, just a little bit of like almost pine, almost. I don't know, like yeah, maybe the hop. They didn't the hop. say which hop they used, but if they used an American hop, that would make total sense. Yes, <clears throat> I, I would guess they would have used a an American hop in this. I mean, I'm citrus, a, floral, pine, resinous, spicy, tropical fruit, stone fruit, berry, melon, etc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> still don't know what a palm fruit is but it's still funny every time somebody says it so like I said this is definitely different than yes. the Sam Smith it is very different although it is very good um, and the, the ABV is about the same this is 6.1 so I'm not picking up any any warming whatsoever yeah. I think it's hidden a little better since the the flavors and overall characters a little bit bigger on this one than the the previous. How about any fruit esters? No. No. I'm not picking any up. Nor am I. And that was mentioned in every category, basically. Yeah, four things. (laughs) (laughs) What were they? Uh, uh, Malty. Fruit. 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 Hop. Hop. Come on, Powers. Alcohol. Alcohol. There we go. That's what the four were. <laughs> Hooray. We have malt. Yes, we do. We have some yes. hop. Yes, we do. Yes. And not really any alcohol. And no no fruit. Really no fruit, no. Yeah. Um, so. An agreeable hmm. palate experience? I would yes. say so. A little bit less balanced uh, than the Samuel Smiths. I'd say the hop character comes through a lot more. And therefore, probably throws the balance off just a touch. It's de- it's de- certainly reasonably balanced, but not as harmoniously married as the Sam Smiths was. Um, yeah, this but, one got the American treatment. Oh yeah, it did uh, for sure. Very, it's a it, little bit hopped up. From God, that, those yeah. Americans are gonna come in there and mess everything up. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, if if not that I'm trying to change this beer, but if it had more English character. I think it would be fantastic. Yes. It's good. Hmm? It's just not fantastic like yeah. the Sam Smith was. Sam Smith is fantastic. This is too American to be an English style. Yes. Yeah. Having read the guidelines and then immediately tried one that fit that perfectly, 
um, it's pretty eye-opening to see, uh, you know, and like we said before, a brewery can do whatever they want to with any style, but right. as we're looking at specifically BJCP-related things, yeah, this Within one... the purview of this podcast. Sure. How would you rate this, BJCP? How would you judge this one? Mm. I mean, I almost think that this is in a different... Like, I, I don't know if there would be a different category. I've got, that I've got a number way. hidden. I want to see if Travis and I are in the same. All right. Well, there's, uh, I mean, there's no flaws made uh, made with it, but it also misses the mark on style because of the uh, the alcohol warmth, which is not there, but it's, granted, it said, you know, you, you can have alcohol warmth, but if you do, it's welcome. Um, but the fruity esters, that's missing completely. So I would put this at a thirty even. Was that two? I said no, thirty-two. Okay, there we go. Sorry, I'm backwards. <laughs> so twenty-three. Oh my god. No, so I said thirty-two. He said yes. thirty, and that's pretty dang close. That's actually like, like yeah. Because as a judge, you want to be within five points. Yeah, that's kind of your spread that you're allowed to have without people raising an eyebrow, going, huh? So we were two points off, and that's really close. So an interesting topic of conversation with all these beers that call themselves some sort of winter warmer, but maybe don't have British strong ale in mind. What might this fit as? What what might what style might this fit better? Well, it's not to say that it doesn't fit our category. Well, it does, but other than the English part, <laughs> so it, you know it could be uh, <clears throat> some sort of. Amber Ale. Amber? This one specifically, since it's got some yes. hop character to it. Mm-hmm. American Amber. Because an American Amber is kind of another really wide range. You can have one that's on the maltier side and one that's on the hoppier side. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think this might fit that fairly well. Would you rate it higher in BJCP as that? <sighs> you have to read. You have, I forced no, you to not, read. Not necessarily. I'm just I'm kind of trying to think... <laughs> Because it's not it's not British enough. Okay. Yeah, there's there's too little um, that I could be able to pull and distinctly say this is a British characteristic of this beer. Yeah. So American amber overall impression: amber hoppy, moderate strength American craft beer with a caramel malty flavor. Balance can vary quite a bit, with some versions being fairly malty and others being aggressively hoppy. Hoppy and bitter versions should not have clashing flavors with the caramel malt profile. So we've been talking about caramel notes with a hop presence. It sounds about what that is. Sounds about like this beer. Yeah. (laughs) So if I were to have brewed this. Yes. Hoping to get a winter warmer. Mm -hmm. And I taste this and read the two guidelines. I would enter it as an American amber. Yes. Because it would probably still wouldn't do great. But it would do better in that category, I think, than okay in the the British strong. Ale. I think so. Yeah, that's one of the things as a home brewer you have to you have to get beyond yourself is that if you brewed something to be one thing and it doesn't turn out that way, you know, swallow your pride and enter it as what it yeah. is. What enter it what you as. brewed, not what you meant to brew. Yes, <clears throat> that's one of the things that we learned in that class. That we took the BJCP class. James mm-hmm. is like, always enter what you brewed, not mm-hmm. what you wanted to brew. Yes, that makes sense. And so, as a BJCP judge, you don't say, well, like, let's just say somebody entered this under the, the winter warmer category that we're doing right now. Yes, 
you don't say on your judge sheet, I would enter this as this instead. You don't right. say that on the sheet. You say, in order to get the style you wanted, mm-hmm. here's what I would change. Right. And for this one, I would say to lower the caramel malt, up your biscuit malt, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and choose a more neutral hop. Something English, like a Fuggle or EKG, for instance. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Those would be my, my suggestions. Okay. You still want some caramel. Not this yeah. much. Yeah, this is this is a bit. So Travis and Hart, <laughs> pound, a, pound a bit a little bit rating on the super pills. I'm sorry, what? No, you're spot on with exactly what you said. You agree with the American Amber? Yeah, I think I do. Yeah. For it to score well in that it'd probably need a little bit more hop aggressiveness. Mm. But uh, yeah, yeah. As far as well, I mean, it's a wide range for that style. True, it could be malt or hop. As is the the uh, British strong ale category. They allowed for a wide range, but since it was completely missing the fruit characteristic, then I feel confident in bumping it down like we did. See, for me, it wouldn't strictly be the fruit. It's just it's not biscuity and, and English enough. Yes, I'm sure the fruit. Adds to that, but yeah. there's there's just too much caramel. That's why I said it smelled and, and tasted and reminded me of the 90 shilling mm-hmm. with more hops. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same base recipe or something similar. Might be. Hmm. Might I would be. give my poundability somewhere along a six and a half or a seven, just <clears throat> right with the other one, but for different reasons. I was going to give this a pro- probably around a 5.5. A little bit, a little bit more bitterness, a little bit more hoppiness, is where I'd put this. So I mean, not too far off your mark, but I think just a little bit less. Last one I had at a seven. This one I bumped down to a six. Yeah. Just because it's a little fuller, mm-hmm. but only slightly. See, I I I feel like the Sam Smith was fuller. Interesting. Hmm. This one was sweeter. Yes. Which I can see how the fuller comment, uh-huh. seeing as how that's how you get fuller beers. But I, I felt like the mouthfeel was fuller on the Sam. Right. Mm. Yeah, no, the sum. Some. <laughs> the sum. The sum. Of- the sum. <laughs> the sum Smith. The sum Smith. Uh, let's see. From Waysatch. I Waysatch. Oh, hey yo. Um No I think they're similarly bodied. Um I just think that they're I, I think that the the sweeter more I'm bitter, a Rex now. Oh. Uh <laughs> the sweeter, more bitter profile. You know, and, and really only slightly I mean it, it is definitely more bitter, but you know, really it only slightly brings down the poundability from from Sam Smith's, but it is still less poundable to me, for sure. Because I think I knocked it down a full point from Sam Smith's. I think I did six point five for Sam Smith. And yes, five point five. So okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sounds about right to me. All right, well, let's move on. I can confidently ask what's next because I don't think we're going to do one of mine next. Probably going to be <laughs> the wrong beer. No. Oh, God. Ah, I really screwed the pooch on this one, guys. This is your fault, Power. Ah, no, actually, uh, I think I think we know where we're going uh, with this one. Uh, 
Total Wine Strikes <sighs> Again. Yep. I think I think we know where we're going with this one. Total Wine Strikes Again. Well, it may not be the wrong beer. It just, you know, who knows? It's, it is it is a beer. This is true. Called Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, our special ale by Anchor Brewing, the 2017 edition. And I will tell you that most assuredly... Total Wine had it labeled as a winter warmer, as does Untapped, which means people are calling it a winter warmer out there, although it might more be... Well, we'll find out. Might more be? Might more be. So let's look at the bottle real quick. Um, it has got a Christmas tree on it. This is listed as a commercial example. Of... What? Of... Or something. It's listed as a commercial example. Oh, oh I was going to say, not for this. A wrong... <clears throat> Of the wrong style. <laughs> All right. Um, it's got a Christmas tree and not much else. It is 6.7% alcohol by volume. And the blurb on the neck of the bottle, uh, this is the 43rd annual Our Special Ale from the Brewers at Anchor. It is sold only from early November to mid-January. The ale's recipe is different every year, as is the tree on the label. But the intent with which we offer it remains the same. Joy and celebration of the newness of life. Since ancient times, trees have symbolized the winter solstice when the earth, (laughs) with its seasons, appears born anew. Our tree for 2017 is the Santa Lucia fir. Extremely rare, it is native and limited to California's Santa Lucia range. Also, that was the hardest blurb to read in the world because I had to keep twisting the bottle. Yeah, it's everything. it's written poorly for like reading. <laughs> yes. Because it's, it's... That's where the Raging Hop engages the Imperial drop yeah. comes from. It, it's not in like chunks, <laughs> but you have to like twist the bottle all the way around. So for those that are listening... It's not that Powers is bad at reading. It's just it's very difficult. I did okay at that. Actually, listen to the very end of this episode where 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 you can hear him read it in super slow motion. Oh God! (laughs) I'm gonna add that in there. I can't wait. (laughs) This is listed as a commercial example for the winter spice ale. Well, that's not winter warm. Winter seasonal. Yeah, the winter seasonal. That being said, so uh, let's let's well, judge it as if it is a winter warmer. However, they do say that the recipe changes from year to year, so who knows? Yeah, it could be really low on the spice. And now I would be interested to see, and maybe dark. we should look this up, um, because, like you said, Untapped does does have this listed as a winter warmer. Yes, for this year, Anchor Mary Xmas. That's a different beer, I think. 2014 was also listed as a winter warmer. 2015 was also listed as a winter warmer. So was 2013, 2016, 2012. So according to Untapped, all of them, all the different years Are, were winter warmers. My question is, is Anchor doing their own entries? It, it's possible. And also, does Untapped have a separate category for Christmas spice beer? Okay, so the change happened. Because if they don't, then Winter Warmer might just be their default. Catch-all. Hmm. The change happened at some point because 2015 says Winter Warmer. 2013, 
says winter ale. Well, and then, then everything older than 2013 says winter ale. And this dates all the way back to 1995 is the oldest one I can. Oh, 1989 is the oldest mm. one I've seen. And, oh, 88. 43 86, years. 86. 85. 43 years. So, yeah, it keeps going. And they're all winter ale up to 2015, which is when they made the switch to winter warmer. How long is how long is untapping around? Yeah, eighty five at least. Untapped. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the oldest entry. Yeah, no. Um, Those are different times. My, no, my, I'm my, my guess that is my guess is that untapped. It was text based only. Nineteen eighty three. <laughs> there are two ratings for the nineteen eighty three beer. Seriously, untapped. Could you do me a favor and try to create a new beer in untapped and see if winter ale shows up in the drop down menu for those styles? Um, because I want to know if if they've actually just deleted winter ale and un- untapped as an option, and that's why they had to go to winter hmm. warmer. Could be it. Yeah. So while we're to- while we're doing that, let's yeah, I'll, look at I'll the try beer. It. You keep, keep going. Uh, very dark. Um, very yeah. dark. Just about opaque. Darker than what? Uh, kind of brown highlights in it though. Because yeah, the the British strong ale was a deep gold to dark reddish brown color. But it also says many are fairly dark. Okay. So, because, yeah, if you hold up to the light, you get some reddish rouge highlights. Yeah, held up to light, I get reddish. I think I just get my ref- the reflection of light as the winter, brown highlights. Winter ale still exists. Well, then this is a <coughs> conscious decision by someone. It's right above winter warmer, Witbier, and Zoigel. Awesome. <laughs> what the heck? What the heck is Zoigel? Zoigel, Z-O-I-G-L. I want to have one of those. Well, then let's find a Zoigel. <laughs> we need to find a Zoigel because I would like to have one. <laughs> that sounds dirty. If you know what a Zoigel is, email chris at brewstyles.com. Well, I already feel Z- it coming. Z-O-I-G-L. G-L. Zoigel? Zoigel. Anyway, we're not talking about Zoigel. Yeah, I know. About, we're talking uh, about this beer. Which... Merry Christmas. Merry And Happy New Year. Zoigel. <laughs> uh, and we've got a big one today. <laughs> oh, uh, in the aroma, you all might have covered this. I was paying attention to my phone. So if I get the same thing that you just said, then that would validate it, right? We didn't talk about aroma. Oh, okay. We talked about color. Appearance. It's very dark. There we go. Oh my God. You said the same thing we did. <laughs> Off white head. Almost black. Like I can't see through it. <clears throat> did y'all say that too? Uh, we said Ruby, Ruby highlights. highlights. Okay, Wind. there we go. All right. <laughs> Good. We're all on the same page. <laughs> Good. Oh, man, I'm... <sighs> There's like roast in this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not getting the overall crazy spice that I have in years previous, though. Yeah. So that yeah. being said, this still. There is a muted spice. Could fall under the winter warmer category. Yeah, there are some, like, you know, the nutmeg or ginger, but they're fairly well restrained. True. That roast, though. <laughs> mm. Oh, very roast. Very roast. It's like a porter. Yeah. It even has some English notes that I'm, I'm kind of picking up on. It's got that, like, biscuity, bready note. Hmm. But it's it still has a, a either a really heavy, heavy toast or a light roast. Yeah. 
that's coming through Ooh, the flavor, especially on the finish. About ten seconds afterwards, it it got really dry, bitter. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. is a touch of a fruity element to the flavor. Boom. But More like a burnt fig. Uh, <laughs> well, I, yeah, maybe you you like lightly lightly caramelized the skin of the fig and then tossed it in, like there. A, a toasted fig Newton. Yeah. Toasted or roasted? Well, fig... I don't know. What did you say last week? Trosty? Yeah, it was troasted. <laughs> so, I mean, if you if you took a fig Newton and roasted it over an open fire, like it, you tried to make a s'more fig Newton. Right. <laughs> Why are we hung up on fig Newtons? I don't, I don't know. know. But I'm going to go ahead and say that there is not a lot of spice characteristic to this. There's really not. At all. No. And so I, I think that this might actually be okay as a winter warmer yeah without i mean you've 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 got a the guidelines do not say anything about roast true being acceptable i didn't say it was like an in guidelines winter well right but i mean that's that's a pretty prominent flavor that you have to be very careful with because it's either there or it's not what does it fall under then even porter is is kind of more dark toast than roast because once you hit roast you're in a stout category which so stout. technically if you want to be historical about it a stout is a porter <laughs> it's a stout porter oh here we go and then it was shortened to stout but anyway that's kind of where i'm leaning with this one yeah because in the guidelines it does not mention anything about roast it does say light chocolate notes are sometimes found in darker beers but well i'm getting some is... chocolate that's for sure sure but this is that, beyond yeah. beyond what that's saying. Um, and the 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 fruity character, it should be moderate fruity esters are common, but I'm not getting that. No. I might go milk stout or maybe even tropical stout because there are some fruit notes there. Okay. Okay. I think I would go along with tropical stout. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm... Because I started thinking through the stouts. So I was like, dry yeah. stout, maybe. Milk stout, no. Mm. Tropical stout, ooh. There we go. Yes. That might fit. Because it does okay. have a roast character that's undeniable. But it also does have a, a touch of like spice and, and fruity esters, which uh, you could find in a tropical stout. Okay. So now going back to this as a winter warmer. <clears throat> I don't think it would score very well. Yeah. Just because it's it's missing a few things, it does have some nice English character to it, more so than uh, the Odell. Okay, but I think it's just it's too dark. the The rose character, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say is is inappropriate for the style, even though it doesn't specifically say that you cannot have it. It also doesn't say that you can. So right. that's one of those that if the if the judge across from you is you know sticking to his guns uh, it would be hard to argue that point because it doesn't say you can't but also it doesn't say you can one of those things reading through some of the guidelines for tropical stout solidifies what we're thinking okay this is a tropical stout hmm. listen to the overall impression a very dark sweet fruity moderately strong ale with smooth Roasty flavors without a burnt harshness. Yeah. 
That's yes. this beer to a T. Yes. Uh, then it starts to talk about molasses, licorice, dried fruit. Dried fruit is probably where we're at here. Um, <clears throat> flavor, quite sweet with smooth, dark grain flavors, restrained bitterness. Roasted grain and malt character can be moderate with a smooth coffee. So it's all about smooth roasted flavors. Which is what this is. Which is what this is. Yeah. With dark fruit. Yes. I like this. I, yeah. I as a winter warmer, that. I would not rate this high. No. As a tropical stout, it'd be mid to high 30s easy. So this is a commercial example spiced beer? Yes, for the winter slash holiday spiced beer. What year? Like, what year was it? I don't that? think they, they didn't specify. Yeah. yeah. So, which which begs the question: How much are they actually changing the recipe from year to year? Oh, quite a bit. Because I know this for, wouldn't have been a commercial example spice beer. This is probably the well, darkest no. it's ever been. And I remember getting. But then, uh, why did they not specify what year? Well, because when the guidelines came out, this one hadn't been released yet. That's what I'm saying. Like they've been doing this beer since the early '80s, and it's been different, but it's never been so drastically different as this. Because I have a feeling, if you look back to last year's, and if there's any pictures in Untapped, the appearance alone is going to be starkly different. Because I don't think it's ever been this dark. Um, I remember not liking it because it was really heavy on the ginger, and I don't like ginger. This one's not heavy on anything. No, there's very little spice. It's there, but it's uh, so well hidden behind all the roasty character from the malt. You really can't pick it out. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking up the pictures for last year, 2016. And it is extremely dark. Huh. Okay. Now, that's the first one I've looked at. I haven't looked at. Let's jump I'm going to call myself a liar. Let's just jump back <laughs> to 13 just to see. <clears throat> Is that when they stopped calling it a winter ale? No, that was 15. Hmm. And now, incidentally, 13, <laughs> the guidelines came out in 2015. Just saying. This is an interesting picture, but it's more brown in 2013 mm-hmm. so, than it is black. Yes. Hmm. Brown. So I, that's a good question. I would like to do a flight of these. Oh, I know bars do that all the time. Yeah. Just to see how much it's changed. Because especially if they're marketing it for different years mm-hmm. and they're saying they change it for different years. A lot of breweries will do the same beer mm-hmm. every year and then you can sell her you know, yeah. certain years and do a flight that way. They're saying up front that it's changing. Maybe they're just doing it as a marketing thing so that somebody doesn't try to get it to the two right next to each other and be like, oh, these two beers are different. As he pushed his glasses up. Yeah, right. His non-existent <laughs> That he's glasses. not wearing. Um, oh, this beer's not a winter ale. This beer's a winter warmer. You know, mm. kind of like what we're doing right now, but... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, maybe they're just brewing the same beer, but it turns out different each year, so they just say that it's different. Do they just not... Like, uh, I I would not go so far as to accuse them well, of I'm not. Ac- I'm, just, I'm just throwing ideas out there. I'm just... Yeah. I'm saying that... <sighs> I don't know why BJCP would list a beer as a commercial example when the label itself says it's different every year without saying which year they're labeling as the commercial example. True. So my question is more for BJCP, not for Anchor. Fair. 
Well, BGCP is going to pick things that are easily available for the vast majority of people reading the guidelines. And so this is one that in the past has been a, a quality example of the winter spice ale. The one in my glass right now, no. Yeah. This is not a winter spice ale, and it wouldn't score well as that because the, you know, and we didn't, that, that's for a whole different episode, but we've done that before. And the uh, the winter spices should be prominent, prominently displayed and uh, <clears throat> blend well with the other flavors. And that's not what we have here. We have uh, what I agree with you is a tropical stout because the roasty flavors are there. It's not biting, it's fairly smooth. But it does have a fair bit of sweetness and uh, enough fruity esters to make it that. So judged as a winter warmer. Oh. Uh, I'd, I'd be like right around 30 again because it misses the mark. Yeah. It, it's not a bad beer. There's no production flaws or or any brewing errors in it. It's just it misses the mark on style as a winter warmer. I need to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, probably right there, uh, 29, 28. Enter is a tropical stout. Probably add 10 points to that. Eight points. Yes. Yeah, like a 38. Yeah. Hmm. So what's your poundability? Poundability. Three. <laughs> huh. Oh, the quick draw. I'd, I wouldn't go that far. I, I, I'm probably at a... I don't pound stouts well. Yeah, but this is a little bit smoother for me than like a little. I mean, it's not. It's not as um, as prohibitively poundable. I'd probably go to a four point five. Prohibitively poundable. Yes, there's a new one. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a seven. No, no way. <laughs> I I'm, saw you. I saw you searching over there. I was looking for the. <laughs> oh. Well, oh, you still got time. You can cut all this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would say a three as well. <laughs> I'm at a 4.5. Yeah, we're still close enough. Yeah. But this, it wouldn't be easy. No. I'll say that much. Yeah. I just, I don't pound stouts well. Yeah. It's like, Powers, pound the rest of that. Tell me how you feel. I have Natty Ice, I think. No. Beer 30 Ice in a hot sauce bottle at my house. <laughs> I feel like a 4.5. Oh, fair okay. enough. <laughs> fair enough. I feel like a boob. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we got some more to drink. Yeah. What's next? Well, Powers, I'm glad that you asked. Hey. <laughs> Hey, we found it. Oh, there yep, it there it is. There it is. Uh, next up, yeah, I was about to say in our last beer, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> We've got some more. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ah, oh, no. Uh, no. Southern Star, Winter Warmer, Winter Ale. So we've combined two of the things from our last beer. This is going to be real fun here, guys. Uh, they so, looked at Untapped and they said, F you. <laughs> um. It says winter warmer, winter ale on the can. So it also says first to can craft in Texas. I don't think I believe that. Uh, I don't know. Who would have been? St. Arnold would be my guess. 
Because they're the oldest craft brewery in Texas. But were they the first to canning? I don't know. I don't think they were the first to cans. I have also not been paying attention, so I'm just pulling crap out my butt now. Well, even (laughs) RAR just started canning, what, four or five years ago? Yeah, it hasn't been long. And I think that they've almost completely turned uh, over to cans. Because uh, looking yeah. at Total Wine today, cheaper. all RAR stuff was in cans. Yeah, I have not been able to find a RAR bottle Makes in years. Sense. Makes sense. It's cheaper. Bottom. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Southern Stars in Conroe, Texas. Uh, this beer is 6.9% ABV. That's the uh, highest one of the day. And up. Well, each each one has been the highest one I of believe. the day. Yeah, because the, the anchor was <laughs> still in the sixes. Uh, Anchor was 6.7, so each one has been the highest beer of the day at that point. Man, <laughs> let's keep that trend going. So I like this. Six right? to 6.1. To 6.7. And now to 6.9. Hey, here we go. I don't know where the next two are going to land, but that'll be interesting. Um, I'd imagine the last one's going to be up yeah. there. It just got launched into my throat, yeah. and then boom, <laughs> there it was gone. There's not anything written on the can other than um, talking about operating heavy machinery and causing health problems, so I'm not going to read that. Because this is relevant. <laughs> it is a real can. Yes. It is not, a real it's can. It's not a fake can. Anyway, so there you go. Feel that can. Um, it's a regular <laughs> can. <laughs> not as dark as the anchor. But darker than the other But two. darker than the others. Oh, kind of a mahogany. Yeah, this is like a... a <laughs> Every time somebody says mahogany, I think about that. I don't know if y'all seen that video on Facebook or on YouTube mm-hmm. where the guy is reading the uh, the class referrals. Have you seen that one? Uh, I think I know what you're talking about. And like apparently there's all slips. Yeah. Okay. And so there's a, a a referral where a kid like slams the book down and says like, "This is mahogany." <laughs> I don't know why. I've every time someone says mahogany now, I think about that, and it's just hilarious. So I agree, though. Powers is very. It, this is mahogany. Yes, I'm Ron is. Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show you all the video later, but it's fine. All right. Anyway. Yeah. This is probably the prettiest beer we've had all night. For sure. Very lovely to look at. Like. Reddish, yeah, rosy tints. The ruby in the characters light. are coming through very strongly. Yes, with like dark brown towards the edges. Kind of a beige nice. head. Yeah, right beige, there. tiny bubbles. No, gotta wait for this one. Yeah, Aroma is right. a lot sweeter. Unusual tiny hue. bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, aroma. Anyway, aroma is a lot sweeter than the others. I think it is. Ooh, very Ooh. sweet. Almost fruity, like fruity, like kind of. Fruity. Huh. I'd say almost like a candied sweetness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say like kind of a almost cherry-ish, like sweet cherry, not like black cherry. Because who doesn't like a little trick with their treat? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. You said it. <laughs> what thing about candy? Don't remember the context. Nor do I. That's what makes this funny. <laughs> it almost smells like a cherry sour. Yeah. It was like... um. I was like cherry fruit snacks. Yeah, exactly. Huh. I don't get cherry or fruit snack or sour. <laughs> I'm not saying cherry like sour sour like, you know, you know, wild fermentation, but like kind of a um like a sour patch kid ish. Yeah, kind of. Have you never copious had a- amounts of passion fruit? Have you never <laughs> passion fruit? Um have you have you ever had a cherry sour? Those aren't sour. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, those aren't sour. They're kind of more sweet, but with that artificial cherry flavor. And I think that's kind of more what I'm getting here than anything. What are you getting? See, whenever I get artificial cherry, I think cough syrup, and I'm not picking... It's not cough syrup. Well, yeah, but whenever I think artificial... Because I hate artificial cherry. Yeah. Like, in everything. Even a cherry sour, like beer, not candy, but the beer, mm-hmm. like a tart cherry, I don't like. Okay. Because fake cherry reminds me of cough syrup. So if if there were if I were to pick up fake cherry, I'd immediately say I don't like this beer because I get fake cherry, and it's one of those things that I pick up fairly quickly. So I'm not you, saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying yeah. I don't I don't pick up on it. Okay. So what are you picking up? Oh, those are some big old cherries. <laughs> well, I I want to reserve because I'm smelling something very sweet. Yeah, I like this guy. And I t- oh the fruit snacks. Yeah, the cherry See, fruit snacks. Yeah, I'm not, that, that's what I'm getting. I'm not picking. That I can up give you that. I, I I I think we both see where we where each other are coming from here. Have y'all tasted it yet? No, because I'm picking up something that just is completely tainting the rest of my opinion. Mm. Let me taste it. Mm. The taste is awesome. Um, yeah. See, I'm getting some of the same kind of fruit snack flavors. I'm not getting any fruit in the taste. It's like a, a sweet, uh, like an artificial sweetness. Um. Oh, I, I'm getting a little like twinge saccharin. of spice. That see, I'm not getting. Any, well, maybe a little bit. Maybe yeah, a little. yeah, twinge. Not 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 insanely present, but twinge. Um, you what ready you for this? Okay, second flavor is or mm. second taste is changing. I it's it's the middle to the finish that is just punching me in the face. Hold on, <laughs> not in a bad way, not to style, but I like it. This is making me think of a specific beer that I really, really enjoyed and we have not been able to find for like the past eight, ten years. Well, now I'm interested. So I don't know what beer you'd be talking about. Yeah, I can't think of it either. The first time that I drank this tonight, like, you know, five minutes ago, it's a little bit different now that I've had a couple sips of it, but the very first drink that I had, the finish was straight up milk chocolate. Like, I just took a bite into a Hershey bar. And it's hmm. kind of it's kind of tamed a little bit the more that I drink it, but I still get it. It's still there at the finish. It's not a bitter chocolate like you normally get out of beer. Right. It's like a really sweet, creamy milk chocolate flavor. So what beer are you comparing it to that you haven't been able to find? Travis? Uh, he's talking about the Brooklyn chocolate ale. Oh. That was Boulevard chocolate. Sorry, Boulevard. Yeah. yeah. Boulevard chocolate. It looked... It was a pale, like a... Not as pale as a Coors Light, but, you know, something light. A very, very light yellow beer. It was like the first one we had. Yeah. The, the Sam Smith. No, it was lighter than that. Yes. It okay. was a light yellow beer, but it tasted like milk chocolate. Like Hershey's in milk. Like chocolate milk. Like, that's what it tasted like. Hmm. Okay. And that I was like, this is incredible. Good. And I, I guess they only made it the one time. I have no yeah. idea. Never been able to find it again. Gosh, I am, I am not getting that. But I, I mean, get, I get some light chocolate notes on the aroma. Not so much in the flavor. The first sip I took hit me like a ton of bricks. Huh. That's interesting. I don't know why. Call me crazy. I mean, you're tasting what you're tasting. That's what it is. Yeah. So we can't tell you you're wrong. But see, at the same time, it's. 
the more I drink it, the more it goes away. Yeah. Okay. Liberal amounts of coffee so, whole. Oh wow. What's <laughs> so maybe the the flavor that was in my mouth for the last one, and then we drink this one, like you know, kind of like the the conversation that we had with the guys from Rabbit Hole. If you drink one of their really hoppy beers right before, what was it? Uh, if you drink off with your red before your red before the uh, the brown fusion, yeah, it, they're completely is. different because your your mouth is kind of accustomed to the the hoppiness, so the sweet characters of the next beer will stand out even more. Mm-hmm. So the okay. beer before this was hoppier. No, that was two beers ago. What did we have last? The Christmas ale. Yeah, yes. the roasty one. The roasty. Yeah, so we had the roasty one, and so this one was sweeter and smoother to me. Right. That's kind of how I'm justifying okay. my comment because I'm not okay. getting I'm not getting the punch in the face milk chocolate that I did on the very first sip. Fair. Is that a Hershey's <laughs> bar and a giant bag of apples? So <laughs> it's random. I will say. That this is probably the warmest beer we've had of the night. Regarding um, alcohol? Alcohol taste, yes. And I mean, it is the highest alcohol by volume, so to be expected. But I would say it's probably the one where the alcohol warmth is the highest. Yes. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, Man, as far as this being a winter warmer, though. Dude, no. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I'm... Really struggling to find things that would align with the guidelines we read earlier. It, and so many times I've said tonight, it's a good beer, but it's not the style that we're aiming for. I I really enjoy this beer. No, this is this is actually real. Like this is really good. Like I'm, I would say not my favorite beer of the night, but probably second favorite beer of the night so far. Okay, so, so what's your what is your favorite beer of the night? I think it's the Sam Smith. I could I could agree with that. Yeah. So far. Yeah. I think I'll say that too so far. I liked it. It was well done. So what's your poundability <laughs> rating on this one, huh? <laughs> Put this one at a five. Hmm. I'm going to go higher than that. Oh, Okay. I'm gonna say a seven. I'm gonna go higher than that. Oh! I'm gonna say an eight. Oh! I think beer goes to eleven. I feel like this is a. I don't know. It's 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 got this medium to full body. With this heavy flavor that I'm getting, I just don't see myself being as, and and, and it's got a little bit more of that warmth. And that's what I'm basing my poundability on. Okay, that's the, like I'm justifying my five. Like I'm I'm standing by it. Like I, I I just don't think that this is quite as poundable, even as the Odell, which I rated five point five. I think so. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, and you have a justification for it. So I think it's smoother than the uh, Sam Smith's, which is why my poundability was higher. Mm. However, I like the flavor profile and the depth that I got out of the Sam Smiths. This okay. is pretty one-sided for me. It's sweet. Right. 
it's chocolatey. Yeah, it is. I, I think we all agree that it's sweet. So, uh, poundability, higher. Enjoyment level, eh. Yeah. What did the uh, what did the guideline say? A pleasurable palate experience? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm not saying it's not pleasurable. I'm just there's not. It's not intrigue. It's, I want to get me some climax. <laughs> it's not intriguing, as intriguing as the same Smith. Okay. Fair. If that makes sense. It doesn't test your mind. Yeah. As much as it does your body. <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> just a little bit. Extra hard. <clears throat> All right. What do you do, BJCP? Yeah, I mean, I, this is another one of those that just it misses fit. the mark. It'd be another thirty something. Yeah, just kind of low thirties. Yeah, but as a, I don't know, it goes far as a sweet stout. The residual sweetness in this one is far more than all the others that we've had so far. For sure, but it's still bready. If you could convince yes. me that this was a lager, I would say Munich Dunkel. Mm. Hmm. Okay. That's the kind of chocolate notes that I'm getting out of it. Like real bready and sweet, but not roasted. I could be talked into that, I think. It doesn't have the whole like liquid bread element, though. Right. It's not as, you know, that filling or that. Yeah, you know, bready like you said, but it's it's got the the smooth, sweet chocolate notes. A lot at of least the for same me, character. anyway. Hmm. I don't know that I'd go to stout with it though. Oh no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Travis, you're up. Now my beers. What'd you bring us? Well, I'm glad you asked. Oh yeah, thanks, Sawyer. Um, we are moving on to our. Final two beers of the night, which are both related to each other. Very related. Which is exciting, and it's always nice to have... Hey, it. I have a question. Oh, okay. What, um, Sawyer? Would it be weird to say that I smell carbonation? What? Hmm. Huh. Well, I guess it wouldn't I, be. I didn't say that. Yeah, it's kind of weird that you I threw think your you voice did. like that. But, but, you know... Is that Hootie? Oh, it could be. I don't know. And the Blowfish. <laughs> yeah. But we are moving on to a beer that we mentioned in the in the beginning of the podcast that we thought we had done before, but we actually haven't. This is from Raw and Sons Brewing Company out of Fort Worth, Texas. This is their Winter Warmer. Hooray. It is just called Winter Warmer. So well, you would Southern certain, Star was also called You would Winter certainly Warmer. hope that it would fall within those guidelines. Southern Star did the same thing. No, it that didn't. was that was Winter Warmer, Winter Ale. Yeah, but they still called it winter warmer. It's the ones in the ribbon. <laughs> the winter winter warmer of ale winter warmer ale is what they said. <laughs> this uh, one, Sir Man Winter, uh, which is in a can. It's a regular can. It says English Southern style. Star did the same thing. English style dark ale. So they even say on there that is a English style. It should be well within the guidelines. I have high hopes. 8%. So this is the highest one we've had tonight. So far. Still, <laughs> keep still within it. the guidelines, though. Yes. Just yes. barely. Just, just barely. It is the maximum of the guidelines. Uh, on the can, it says, Winter Warmer, Dark Ale, Dark and Roasty, Robust, Malt Flavors of Toffee, Dark Chocolate, and Caramel, Notes of Dark Fruit, Warm, Dry Finish. So, yeah. So that's pretty much what a Winter Warmer is supposed to be, right? That is that is BJCP guidelines to a T. Well, on I the can. Know, I don't know about Dark Chocolate. Hmm. It said Robust. chocolate. 
Mm. You're allowed to have it there, I'm pretty sure. Also interesting to note that this is one of the... Because, you know, when you go to un, Untapped and you check into a beer, it has your old rating right. already in there. One of the few beers that I've given five bottle caps to. Oh, oh wow. I'm going to say this is a, a five. <laughs> Ooh. Looking at the appearance, um, it's pretty dark. Very nice yeah. ruby highlights, however. Dark yeah. color, but it's it's clear. It is. And has, yeah, ruby, rouge notes. Mm. Powers, is that mahogany? It's like an off-white. It is <laughs> close to it. It's actually very similarly colored to the Southern Star. Yeah. <gasps> oh my gosh, it's pink! Oh, no. Um, Not pink. Yeah, it's similar to the Southern Star, but I think this one's darker slightly. Just a touch, yeah. A shade or two, but... Yeah, it's, it's not quite mahogany like the, the manhogany. I was hoping you didn't catch that. I get some toffee notes, uh, like some nutty elements in the aroma. Hey, Eddie's drinking right now. <laughs> I don't know why he's not drinking here. The aroma is not <laughs> as strong. As I, I'm pretty Eddie. The aroma is not as strong in this one as it is on some of the others. Like it's there, but it's not like. Hit me in the face with aroma. I can I'm see getting that. a lot of caramel on the aroma, I'd say. It's also pretty cold. Yeah. Well, all of them have been straight <laughs> out the fridge so far, so maybe that's why we're not quite catching the same things. This well, one was uh, was in the fridge at Total Wine also. So it started, really? it started uh, okay. cold, and it got colder. Yeah, because my two were in the fridge at my place when I... Mine were. And then you drove for an hour and a half. So they warmed up. <laughs> I warmed up. Actually, Thank you, it's kind of interesting Texas because traffic. <laughs> when I was when I was in East Texas, and I bought those, you know, several beers on my way back to Arlington. It's a two two and a half hour drive, and they were still cold. I was kind of surprised. Pflugerville, that's by Austin. Mm, no. So let's just go through the the can because it's all all the flavors are listed. So let's let's do this. I'm Dark and roasty. Sure. Is it there? I do get a touch of roast. Yeah. That was the first thing I thought. Robust? <laughs> yeah. Cricket. Crickets. Well, that's like a weird that's like a weird comment like yeah. uh Is it yeah. rustic? I mean how do you know what rustic is? Well, robust is like it, it in the ta- four for, it, to it, the four. It tastes like a cabin in the woods. R- robust. Well see, I always get robust and rotund confused. <laughs> well rotund is me. So I think about a round fellow <laughs> when I think about robust. Robust eh. is, think Granger, to the four. I could I say robust. Okay, malt flavors of toffee, yes. dark chocolate. He... Mm. Oh. I could be talked into it. It's there, but it's not to the four. Yeah. That's but why. see, when I think dark chocolate, I think like baker's chocolate, bitter chocolate. And I'm... Eh. <laughs> chocolate notes, but not... Yeah. Dark chocolate with a fist. And caramel notes of dark fruit. Those are two different things. I don't know why they would word it that way. The what? Caramel notes of dark fruit. Of, so caramelized dark fruit, like caramelized plums? (laughs) Maybe, I don't... (laughs) Take your lighter and you burn a little plum fruit skin. Yeah. Plum. And then toss it in. And then warm, dry finish. Did you accidentally <laughs> get it in your mouth? Mm. 
So those are all just the aromas that we were talking about. Oh, I've been drinking. Oh, yeah. Are we at the tasting part yet? (laughs) (laughs) Been there. Hmm. I'm not getting dark fruit, though. No, I'm not getting that. I mean... I get roasty notes in the flavor. Yeah. Do you get robustness? Yes, I would say it's robust. Toffee? No. Dark chocolate, caramel. Hold on, I could be talked into the dark uh, fruit. Maybe a little. Hold on, I just, I just, I just took a sip right there that actually like made me think of a little bit of dark fruit there. Yeah. I, I could, I, I could, I could take that. I could. It's I, there. It's not nearly as fruity as the Samuel Smith. No, but that was like not at all. From the smell, the moment we smelled it, we knew this is going to be fruity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Figgy, we talked about it. pudding. This one's not. It, it doesn't have the same kind of fruit intensity as that did. Not at all. But that's why I had to like kind of do it as an afterthought. But yeah, like you said, I could be talked into it because it, yeah. it's there, but in a in a latent sense. Yes. Um, now, this is a roastier beer. It is. Not the roastiest one we've had. Well, no. because we had the anchor. But does that make it a winter warmer? Because that's what we've been talking about all night. It's all these beers are winter warmers. Except they're not. Because they're roastier or something else. I didn't know we in the song. But anyway. Um... I will say that this was my favorite uh, raw beer for a long time. It's quite good. And I would like to look up my original rating for this one. Okay. While you do that, let's just refresh our category since it's been a while. I'll just do overall impression. Ale of respectable alcoholic strength. Mm-hmm. Okay. Traditionally bottle conditioned or cellared. Well, it's not really relevant to this raw thing in a can. <laughs> Can't have a wide range of interpretations, but most will have a varying degree of malty richness, light hops, bitterness, fruity esters, and alcohol warmth. I'm not going to... So, I don't have Malty richness, yes. Late hops, no. No. Bitterness, eh. Not from hops. There might be some some astringency there from the roast, but I wouldn't say it's from hops. Fruity esters, we've already said you would have to be convinced that it's there. Yeah. Alcohol warmth. Woof. It is not super warm. See, the roasty bitterness and alcohol warmth can oftentimes be confused and interchanged. Yeah, because I'm, I'm getting something. Roasty. I'm it, getting something. I'm getting roasty, yes. Yeah. But I don't think I'm getting really overt alcohol warmth. Here's the other part of this that really makes it or breaks it for me. An interesting British character, which Mm. is noted in the guidelines several times. Okay. My bad. An interesting British character. Not getting it here. No. Didn't get it in the Southern Star. Didn't get it in the Odell. Didn't get it in the Anchor. The only one I got it in was the Samuel Smith. Yeah. Whoa. The commercial example. Um, Go figure. I, yeah. 
I feel like we're learning something about winter warmers here today, guys. Well, we went into it, <laughs> and we started the night by saying, I don't know how many of these are actually going to be quote-unquote winter warmers. Yeah. And fr- like we always say, Fred would be the first one to say, breweries don't care. About BJCP. Right. But for the, the, you know, the purview of this podcast, these are not winter warmers. No. Well, I guess we should specify. Where are them tetanangers at? <laughs> we should specify. These are not British strong ales. This is true. If you take out the British part and just say strong ale, then these could all be... Except, uh, except maybe the... More so than winter warmer. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that this beer has won awards. Oh, I'm sure it has. Um, but that comes down to what category they entered it in as. And if it's a BJCP sanctioned. Sure. Which, I mean, it doesn't have to be. No, it doesn't. But I'm saying, but, but it's, we're, we're basing this <laughs> off of BJCP. Yeah. So, so it's not there. Because the Brewers Association has their own guidelines, right. which are completely different that from are different, BJCP. Yeah. And that's what, like, GABF, uh, that's yeah. the probably the most prestigious award that someone can get. And, and RAR that's based has on a, a very good collection oh, yeah. of awards from oh, GABF. Yeah, they're, they're good. Iron so, Thistle's got gold. Lots of other things yeah. have, too. But as far as BJCP, I mean, we have to specify. Yeah. BJCP and the category that we're in Yeah. with the quote-unquote subcategory. BJCP. Thank you, Travis. Winter warmer. Subcategory of winter warmer. All right. You would have to be convinced to make it fit. Yes. Because it's missing the slight fruit character. Mm-hmm. And it's the roast. biggest part of it at all is the British note. Yeah. Yes. Which I'm not getting. Well, can we just finish the BJCP part so I can start talking about how much I love this beer? You <laughs> <laughs> never had this? Uh, no, I've had it once before. I had oh, it a couple okay. weeks ago. Okay. I love this beer, but I want you to finish talking about how it's not a winter warmer so I can talk about how great this beer is. Oh, well, I, I was the first one to say I gave it five bottle caps on a tap. <laughs> it's a fantastic beer, but yes. as far as what we're talking about. Yeah. So it would be another one of those like 30, 32, 33? Well, back in 2009, in my infinite wisdom, okay. as a pre-pre-BJCP pre, pre, judge... Bye. Uh, on, I'd say you're probably about that. That was probably about the level that I'm at now. So anyway, keep going. On Sunday, October <laughs> 25th of 2009, I rated this out of five points a 4.8. Okay. I said this is an amazing tasting beer. It was a perfect mix of caramel and spices with the right touch of alcohol. There's not a lot of yes. spice. Spices? There's not a lot of spice there. Alcohol? Yes. <laughs> There's a little bit of like as it as it warms up temperature wise, it warms up yeah, alcohol wise. Still not getting any alcohol. It's a little bit there. Let's uh, let's sort by top raters, and guess who's the top raider? You. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, highest score. Sorry, the highest score is four point eight from someone named Kathy, which is me. Oh, also tied with four point eight with someone named Frado. <laughs> <laughs> Holy uh, crap. On September 22nd, 2009, Bottles Tap Brewery. I have a ton of this each winter. Dark, dark red pour, cinnamon and malt aroma, taste of caramel malts, a little sweetness, cinnamon. and a hint of alcohol. Thick feel with a lasting aftertaste. 
Cinnamon? So, yeah. Okay, so he said cinnamon and you and said spices. I did. This might have changed. That's what I was about to say. Since 2009. I wonder if it has. Maybe they realized that it was, with the spices, it was not a winter warmer. Well, maybe they should have realized that it was never Christmas beer going to be a winter warmer anyway. Mm. That but, is interesting, though, that Frater and I are both the homers. Yeah, you are. That is actually really uh, funny. I gave it a five. Was that rate tab. beer? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. How many ratings does that beer have? Good question. Uh, I'd love to know. I'd so, love to know the answer to this question. Let's see. 143 overall. Really? Okay. That's really? it? That's it. Wow. Huh. It's got an 80th percentile overall and 92nd within the style. So, I mean, still, people overall like this beer a lot. Yeah. Well, hmm. people don't like the beer on rate beer. It just gets slammed into the doldrums. So... Anyway, this beer's good. I also would like to say that I liked the bottle label better than I liked the can. Sure. The can seems rather plain. Well, all of the raw cans seem plain now. Because all of the raw bottle labels were actually kind of neat looking. Because the bottle label had the house covered in snow, and it was light blue and white, and it was interesting. English style dark ale. Not really getting any. On Untapped, this beer has 8,261 ratings. Okay. With an average out of five of 3.76. But that's the average of every beer on Untapped. Everyone, I know. Everyone, average of everyone is 3.76. Average of friends. (laughs) Here we go. 4.38. And I'm low end. The people that know things. (laughs) <laughs> Give it higher scores. Look up Corona. I, Look up Bud Light. The average is 3.3 something. Powers is giving it 4.25. Yes. Bruce uh, Styles gave it a no rating because they never oh, do. And Frado gave it a no rating because he never does. And then Travis has it at a five. Whoop. I have it at a five. Uh, my friend John has it as a four. I always trust like the friend ratings more Mikey than... Mikey Brown, 4.5. I always trust the friend ratings more than the um, average rating. Well, that's assuming you have the, the rando. Yeah. That's assuming you have the same uh, taste profile as your friends. No, nah, that's true. Yeah, yeah but it, uh, you know, like a lot of my friends on Untapped are at least semi. Sitting in this room. Sitting, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's, I, I, I now have, I have Eddie. Two friends. <laughs> I have, well, I have you guys. I have, Eddie. I have Sawyer. I have Eddie. I have Fratto. And uh, okay, so all people who've been on the podcast, yes. So I Fair trust enough. these people. <laughs> I trust these people, yes. But anyway, um, pound beer. Should, should we talk about the yeah, we, should. we certainly should. Pa- poundability. So what's your? Oh, we did that one. Poundability. What is this one? Well, I just pounded the mustache. Oh. <laughs> Oh, uh, this is tough. This is a tough one. Uh, four. I'm going to say four. Love this beer. Gave it a five on Untapped. Out of five. I hate following you, but I have to say the same thing. Four. 
because it's it's thicker than a lot of things. Not everything we've had tonight, but a lot of things we've had. And it's also 8% alcohol, which is yep. not the easiest thing to pound. No. However, it's not it's not hot. No. No, not at all. And just, yeah, that, that should be noted that while it is the highest alcohol of th- anything we've had today. So far. <laughs> it, it really doesn't, it's not telling. Uh, I'm, I'm there with you guys. I'm, I'm at a four, I think. And I haven't been afraid to depart from you guys, but here I'm going to join you. It's a four. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm all right with that. Well, let's move on to its evil twin. And we're going to take a little step up to the uh, Raw and Sons Bourbon Barrel Aged Winter Warmer, which is the same exact beer we just had, except it sat in some bourbon barrels for a period of time, which changes the beer completely. Well, I'm interested to find out how. Not only does it suck up some of the, uh, some of the bourbon and wood notes, from the uh, from the barrels because what they'll do is they will uh, the brewery will contract with a uh, either a, a bourbon or a distillery or whatever and then they will get their barrels and they'll pay for them as soon as they're emptied because as far as like a whiskey or a bourbon maker they can use the barrel one time right because they you know they they put the uh, they put the clear liquor in the barrel and then it pulls the color and the uh the char and all the flavor out of the wood and then that's that because if they put something in there a second time it doesn't nearly pull as much so they always use fresh barrels uh for bourbon and whiskey and rum and all that good stuff but then you get a little bit of value added from that uh from that bourbon age from from like the people who want to bourbon age their beer, right? Yes, that's a plus. So then yep. now you have all these uh, all these bourbon and, and whiskey makers that have these barrels just kind of chilling around, and they got to get rid of them. So you have plenty of craft beer breweries that are willing to pay for them, and they bring them in and they put every, they put whatever beer they want into them, and then so their beer sits in it, and it also pulls some of the residual bourbon. So you're going to add some alcohol to it. You also get some of the char from the uh, inside of the barrel, some wood character, yes. which uh, typically will impart vanilla notes, things like that. And uh, that's kind of where we're at now. All right. With this one, now, the bourbon barrel aged to winter warmer. This one's listed at 10%. So it is again. So again, the highest one. Two percentage points higher than the regular one. All right. Which is the largest leap we've made also. Mm-hmm. This is true. The can says, dark, robust malts, English hops, aged in Jack Daniels American oak barrels, sweet, smooth vanilla, and oak finish. So that, that oak and vanilla finish is probably from the uh, bourbon barrels, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, right. And, and if you just do wood or oak or whatever, yeah, vanilla is actually the thing that you'll pull the most right which is strange yeah you would think you know oak or or whatever kind of wood that you use i'd I'd get more of that flavor mahogany yes (laughs) mahogany 
that that would be the flavor that you get. No, but if it's just bare wood, you're going to get vanilla. Okay. Which is why the charring that Travis mentioned mm-hmm. is kind of important as far as the overall profile that you get because you're going to get the the vanilla the the char maybe will affect color but not so much flavor yeah but then you get whatever was in the barrel before right that's where you're going to get your flavor from okay okay and that makes a big difference yeah that's why you have uh some some brewers will do like a a tequila barrel aged beer a rum barrel aged beer mm-hmm. bourbon uh, a wine barrel aged i mean so that there's so many different ways you can change a beer and it makes a big difference. My question is, have any of these other alcohols decided to do beer barrel-aged beer? Because that would be interesting. Beer barrel-aged? Sorry, beer barrel-aged. <laughs> I mean, you could... You, I mean, I guess you could do... I mean, if you put a beer in a barrel, and then... There was a... Like a beer barrel-aged, like... No, whiskey? Travis, if you remember back to last year's Christmas party, we had a scotch that was like a stout brewed scotch or do you remember what i'm talking about it was it was like some kind of cask that the uh, browns brought beers yeah it was like some kind of mixture of a yeah it's like the first ever mixed scotch and beer situation i don't remember what it was god i I took a picture of the bottle if i scroll through my (laughs) pictures long (laughs) enough i'm sure i could find it but right Actually, I'm curious. I'm gonna I'm gonna start scrolling so y'all can keep talking about the beer. Well, let's <laughs> talk about the appearance first. Uh, I'm getting a lot of the same, except maybe a little darker. I found it. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, that was quick. Okay, I'm getting. It's it's quite a bit darker. Ruby, much more ruby highlights there. Yeah, you get the the reddish tones, but um, oh yeah, it's not as easily. <sighs> See, I'm not getting any of that. I have the biggest thing. or thickest glass, I guess, of Yeah, all you of do. You, but I I'm not it's just black. It is just black for, for you. Me, uh, and we've got a big black. one today. <laughs> Let me show you a big boy. Mm. Yeah. Oh man, the bourbon notes and the aroma. Yeah, the aroma Ooh. is totally different in this. Ooh. I like that. <sighs> remember what I said at the beginning? No, I, I remember what you said at the beginning. <sighs> I know, I know you have from the aroma. I kind of get something not right. What? That's you. Oh, I'm not saying it's not right. It's just. Mm. And then I say aroma <laughs> is. <laughs> oh, sorry, it came back. It's. I'm not saying it's not right. It's just not my cup of beer. Well, that's because you're drinking out of a cup and not a glass. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> Anyway, just a quick quick side note before we move on. It was Jameson. Jameson, really? Yeah. Uh, Jameson triple distilled, which I'm sure they put that on all of their bottles. Irish whiskey, Caskmates was the series. Caskmates. Oh, that's interesting, actually. Finished in craft beer barrels. What? It was the Jameson Caskmates finished in craft beer barrels, stout edition. I would love to see. It It was probably one of the very few Irish whiskeys that I actually enjoyed, like, thoroughly. Oh, very, very likely, because stout edition. So yeah. That, that implies that there were other editions. So, right. So, anyway. there was, like, a stout that was put into a barrel 
Yes. Mm. And then they put whiskey back into the barrel. Yeah. That's what I'm assuming from that label. And it was it was good. Like you could get some of the beer notes. Yes. Okay. It was very tasty. I'm getting some sweet aromas well, in this one. Certainly vanilla. That comes through. Oh yeah, for sure. I Com- will say Chris. compared to the uh the regular. Yes. Regular. The regular. That one's a, a big It's very difference. sweet here. Also, Chris, that answers my question. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> regular. I can't get past the I can and the it The oak notes come great. through a lot too. I actually really like this. Ooh, smell. flavor. Ooh. I'm just getting a lot of whiskey. Podcast cat is sniffing my leg. Racist. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what? <laughs> that does that's special. change the um, beer a lot. It changes the beer a lot. Oh, yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. It's like, this is... I, <laughs> yeah, these are two different beers. Two completely different beers. That's why yeah. I said Evil Twin. Wow. Because it is... <laughs> Travis is having difficulty oh, over there. You're supposed to swallow, not inhale. Ugh. That was like a Chewbacca noise. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, but it's really good. Um, okay, you said that unconvincingly. Like, that was the most unconvincing. Oh, that was good! I like this. It's a seven. <laughs> I could pound this all day. <laughs> it well, it's it's a sipping beer. <laughs> well, I'll say that much for it sure. Might not even be a sipping beer for some. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll, I go ahead and just throw the shade. That's fine. Just throw the shade. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Like this is this is a tough one. I couldn't do more than this. Like. This is the end of you my have, night right here. Yeah, you have one can of this and you're done. Yeah. Oh, you're like, fucking lying. What's that? Whoa! <laughs> I like the uh, I like the bourbon treatment on this beer because it really adds a lot to it. Like we said, it completely changes it. It, it does. And um, but yes, this is this is one that you would not want to drink more than one can a night. Yeah. If that, you'd probably want to share with people. This is a sipping beer. Yeah. It's 10%, which is fairly high. It is warm. And it's too. also it a... It is very warm. It's a like, small, small batch. Ooh. Oh. So, there were two cans between the three of us. I'm going to be drinking, sipping on this, probably well past when y'all leave. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Just because... I'm going to finish this. I'm not really a... Oh. The, the bourbon thing like I said before it's it's kind of hit and miss for me well it's it's also just heavier than the first than the first winter warmer but it is it, it is a much fuller mouthfeel mm-hmm. it is a much sweeter beer it is a much warmer beer it is a much more everything beer and then you add the bourbon in it, it it's like whoa <laughs> like I can't Ooh, well, I, so I was saying before, like the the ten fifty is probably one of the thickest, most flavorful stouts that you'll come across. I mean, it's that's what it's designed, yeah, to be. Sure, 
and then you you toss it into a bourbon barrel or a whiskey barrel or something, and it's just like yeah. it totally changes the profile of it. I like the original better. Right. I'm gonna go the same way with this one. Even if I'm on my untapped things, my my check ins, I had the winter warmer to five. I didn't my my bourbon barrel winter warmer check in was a four point two five. So I'm, yeah, it's still a really good beer, but for me, it's lower than the original. Well, I agree with that for sure, but I'm not. Ooh, I'm I'm not. Well, eh. I'm not angry at the beer. It's just. I also wouldn't recommend mm. it. Here's my scale. If my you're scale, into bourbon beers, it's great. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Yeah, it's I'm not, not for the faint of heart. For I'm just sure. not into no. it. I'm just not into them. If you're into bourbon beers, this is fantastic. Yeah. I put it... I I just went ahead and threw 3.75 at it because I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to somebody who wasn't specifically asking me for a bourbon barrel-aged beer. And I would put... My, 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 my ratings are kind of based on recommendability, based on people who are thinking about what they want. And so it's like, if I rate something a four or above... I will, like, if somebody tells me, like, because I rated the first slipper like a 4.25 earlier in the week. It's like, if they say, I want a stout beer, I'd be like, go get Hot Fusion first first slipper. Go do that right now. Um, I, I mean, unless somebody said, I want a bourbon barrel aged beer with, you know, this particular characteristic, I wouldn't necessarily recommend, like, you know, un- unless they said that. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it in, except in that case. Because I think that there's probably more enjoyable nights to be had. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the same thing whenever I first started rating beers because I didn't know how to rate it based on whatever system I was using. Yeah. Uh, and in researching ratebeer.com, they mentioned the same thing. It's like, People rate things differently. Some yeah. people decide to rate based on BJCP guidelines. Some people decide to rate things based on, you know, uh, drinkability. What, yeah, what what their what their personal favorites are. Yeah. S- some people just rate things, and on, some of it's just how you're feeling at that yeah. particular moment. It, it, well, I'm gonna be honest. Like, if it's like July then, and you're drinking this, you hate it. If it's December. <laughs> You might like it a little better. Well, no. Well, here's the thing. Like, I, I, I honestly just like the winter warmer better than what I'm drinking right now. The regular one. The regular one I like better than this one. I rated the regular one a 4.25. It's like, well, I got to rate this one a 3.75. Well, it's been and there's cold. Nothing wrong with that. It's, it's been cold and rainy all day long. Yeah. If we were sitting outside or we were camping or something. Mm, this might be better. Exactly. It, it's all about situation at that point. Yeah, that's true. Like Travis said, if if it's summer and you're drinking this beer, you're going to hate life. <laughs> but if you're sitting outside and it's yeah. 30 degrees and it's raining and you're sitting in a tent trying to warm up and you need a <clears throat> winter warmer, this might be the ticket. So is winter warmer up BJCP style or did we just or did we just waste our time with all of that? Yes to both. <laughs> the Schlitz. <laughs> Which you might have later. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, there's a time and a place. Sure. Yeah. This is a sipping beer. It's definitely a sipping beer. It's also a uh, 
which it's is flavorful. Why I don't hate it. It's the last beer of the episode. But <laughs> going into poundability. Oh my god, this is a one. I was gonna say if if point five is the lowest we can go, that's fine. But I was gonna say zero. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Yeah. Point one. I'd the crap out of it. Point, point, one. Point, point one. Point one. I think this is the least poundable beer I've had on this podcast by far. <sighs> Travis agrees by far. As I burp up all the beers I've had tonight, <laughs> this has been an adventure. Well, see, which is episode. strange because we've had some really, really high alcohol beers. Like you brought up Rumpkin earlier. Yeah, that's that like was a sixteen sixteen percent, but that one had a higher poundability than this one, and it rings in at a. Mild, sixteen point nine percent. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that was what in the hell is that? <laughs> I love Sawyer's reaction there. Um, and well, I, this I don't is... think that that's the highest one that we've had. I, I I would have to go back and look. No, it's not because um, Icebox last week was seventeen percent. All right, well, we're gonna have an episode based on just the highest oh crap you can find. <laughs> It's still labeled a beer. And God, a content. Um, I, I just, I don't think that this is as easy to drink as some of those others it, because it the really others isn't. have, yeah. th- they're complex. Yes, they're high alcohol, but they're they're complex. There's more flavors, and this is just well, rich just, bourbon and malt. Part of it is just, maybe well, you're being full. I, I don't know. No, well, like just talking about this compared to the 17% Franconia Icebach we had last week. Okay. Sure. Still that in my was fridge. still, well, that's, yeah, I'm taking that home. Um, Stay tuned. <laughs> oh, I really no. like that beer. Yeah. Oh, are we going to do that one? No, 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 no Okay, no. cool. I'm you're, taking you're it home. Yeah, morning. you're going to enjoy that. I got to wake up at like 6 a.m. to go to work. No, we're not doing that one tonight. No, 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 but, but okay, so, all right, so let's talk about this one compared to that, or, you know, oh, j- just because this is 10 versus 17. All I'm going to say is Franconia Icebach is still 100% beer. It's not bourbon. It's not liquor aged. This that's, is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's that's all. That's true. That's, and, that, that's why I think that one was probably more poundable than this one. And I've the been, wood flavors come through in this a lot. Oh yeah. I've been very unapologetic about my feelings on whiskey. That's fine. So yeah, I, I'm right there with you, Powers. Yep. It's for me. It's not the beer. I love yep. the Winter Warmer. It's yep. one of my favorite beers. It's the whiskey character that just. Yep takes it out for me that's it that's all it is yeah i don't taste the beer anymore no i i i think that this is a weird syrupy i i am gonna say syrupy at this point like it's just oof. this is a weird beer it's it's, it's, I, it's, a weird it's barely beer. beer this is like your this this is like your transition from beer to straight whiskey well i yeah like and, okay and, we've got someone right here somebody want to Oh, some of the Gentleman Jack? We got some Gentleman Jack right here. <laughs> uh, if somebody wants to take a swig and Ugh. let me know how they feel about it. I'm not in for that right now. <laughs> Travis, you're on vacation. That thing is so empty. What? There's like... No, there's like there's a good like that, half shot in there. Uh, at least maybe I'd a shot th- even. Three quarters to a full shot in there. Yeah. Oh. All you got to do is get a taste on your tongue. Travis, you're on vacation. Let us know. <laughs> Bunch of people... Uh, I think someone just got shot. Mm-hmm. 
So I think we all kind of agree that this is not as good of a beer as the regular winter warmer. I don't think Travis agrees with us. Travis is struggling. He is making noises through this beer. <laughs> if he doesn't agree with us, I'm going to need him to like give us like a like I, I would need him to a submit to a deposition. My stuff is messed up <laughs> under oath. <laughs> I'm going to need you to like I'm, I'm going to have to depose you under oath if you think that this beer is better than the regular winter warmer. All right, I'll, I'll agree. Um, <laughs> in the past, I've liked this beer above anything else that Raw has ever done. Tonight, after drinking five beers before this, it's not easy. No. Uh, you are str- struggle struggling. Yes. yes. It's the, a sipping the struggle, beer. Struggle loss. This is the definition of a sipping beer. Yeah. This is a sipping beer. There you go. As he said it so well. Yeah. I mean, it's a good... There's so many like, good things happening. It's good flavor. There's a lot of really neat, like a one-off kind of experiences. No, I agree. You got to be a fan of bourbon, though. But yes, you I also. Do, I I like bourbon. I I like this. I just don't. You know. don't need to have it after having five beers before this. <laughs> True. This needs to be. You know, you have you have a nice steak dinner with your wife. You go make it's love, also and then you you been seven. She's years. asleep, and then you come back. <laughs> out in the out in the uh, in the living room, and then you drink this. Yeah. Yeah. And think about right. your life. All right. Let's wrap this up. It's been a long episode. It really has. You'll need to unlock your iPhone first. <laughs> I don't know how that's relevant, but it's been the winter warmer episode that wasn't really winter warmers. Okay. Close no. it down. Travis, what are you doing next week? Well, Chris, I'm glad you asked. Oh, 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 oh. Next week is winter Christmas beers. Seasonal. Three. Oh, 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 is, oh, is it 3.0? Oh, I, I guess know. so. I, I haven't been here that long. It's and all the something. elves will be with me. Oh, oh, oh. And Mrs. Claus is a oh, oh, oh. She's, well, not the Mrs. Claus is. She's not a hoe. All right. Anyway, cheers until then. Hopefully I finish this beer by then. Goodbye. This is the 43rd annual Our Special Ale from the Brewers at Anchor. It is sold only from early November to mid-January. The ale's recipe is different every year, as is the tree on the label. But the intent with which we offer it remains... Remains the same, joy and celebration of the newness of life. Since ancient times, trees have symbolized the winter solstice when the earth, (laughs) with its seasons, appears born anew. Our tree for 2017 is the Santa Lucia fir. 
Extremely rare, it is native and limited to California's Santa Lucia range. 